Coming at you Who's at there? 30 frames per second on console and for the foreseeable future, it's a slice of gaming podcast. I'm your host, Moonlight1504. June 16th, 2023, we'll be recapping the news for such news events such as the Xbox Showcase as well as the other smaller showcases that happened this week and other little droplets of news that happened around there. Joining me today, uh, he's on the verge of a Pixar marathon. It's Fusion. Hey, excited to be back after a two-week hiatus. Uh, the world could use more heroes, but they won't get it from Dark. Hey, how's it going? And no, she has he hasn't texted you back yet because he doesn't like you. He's just thinking about Starfield. It's the Uncharted Wolf. Happy to be here. And lastly, uh, Phil Spencer ignored all my phone calls and left me on red, so we got the next best thing, and that's Benji Bob. Hey, it's me, not Phil Spencer. And Bench is currently missing right now. He may or may not be illegally hunting whales in Alaska, so we'll let him slide for now. So I believe that is caught up on everything. Be sure to like and view like and view us. Why did I say that? Like and rate us on YouTube <laughs> and Spotify. But let's pass over to the news, the massive amount of news that we got to get through today with Wolf. Yeah, okay. So if you guys are tired of my voice, we're going to be real tired of my voice this episode because we have a massive, massive roundup. Uh, Obviously, a lot of showcases. Naughty three week ended. As I last episode, Jeff really wants us to call it Summer Games Fest or Summer of Gaming. We're never going to call it that. It's Naughty three week, baby. End of Naughty three week was this week, and we had Xbox, Ubisoft, and Capcom. I think we got to start with the big one: the Xbox and Starfield Direct. Uh, going around the table, like, what did we think of it overall? Our thoughts. Uh, why don't we start with our guest, Benji? How did you think of uh, the Xbox Showcase? Uh, I'm honestly really high on it. I, you know, I think uh, there were definitely some some criticisms overall, but uh, my my big takeaway is uh, there was almost something there for everyone. I, I really like the uniqueness and and the and the wide uh, scope they covered, rather than Halo, Gears, Forza. Um, and I thought just about everything showed really well. So I was really impressed. That's good to hear. Uh, Dark, what about you? Yeah, I agree for the most part. Uh, I felt like they showed what they had to show for like what people were expecting, really. And compared to the other showcases we had, it was definitely one of the better ones we got this year. Uh, what about you, Moon? Yeah, it's uh, like you said, got a little bit of something for everyone, which is what you want in these kind of showcases. Uh, really, the only complaint I had, and it kind of sounds like a, well, give me more kind of complaint, but it did kind of have an abrupt ending, like ending on yes, the, sir. we'll get to it, but the game that it ended on just kind of felt like, oh, that's the end. But besides that, yeah, mm-hmm. everything else was really good. Uh, and uh, Fusion, how about you? Yeah, over. I'm probably lower than most people. I th- I think it it was a good show, especially for Xbox. But I just the gameplay. I still want the raw gameplay from Xbox, and they're still giving me these. They're saying in-game cinematics, but like like we've seen Hellblade two like four times at this point. I just want to see just give me straight raw gameplay for seven minutes or something. But overall, like everyone else is saying, there's something for everyone. The future is exciting for Xbox, so it was a good show. Yeah, and uh, for me, I guess I, I share a lot of y'all's sentiments uh, pretty much overall. I think this is easily the best showcase of the Naughty 3 season. Xbox very much did what they had to do. They came, they said, this is our slate. This is what we're confident in. And a lot of people will say, like, oh, there's not enough for the rest of the year. And I think Xbox kind of counteracted that by saying, well, 
well, star of the year, Starfield and Forza, we are going to stick to our guns. And obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Starfield. We're going to talk a lot about every single game shown off. Uh, and I want to do a quick roundup of everything that was uh, revealed. And the very first thing, we started off with, got teased before the showcase. Thankfully, Xbox did not step on the rake. Fable trailer. Um, we got like a quick little like in-engine trailer, some game play shot shown off uh, I guess uh, immediately I'm going to ask you guys how you thought about this trailer. Uh, Dark, what about you? I thought it looked pretty good all things considered I've never been like super into Fable personally but it looks interesting enough for me to try it out Yeah, no it, it, this definitely seems like more of a what's it called, the first like it, it, you can just jump into this one. I, do you guys think that's going to be the case, or do you think it would be like you have to yeah. play the old games? No, it's going to be like a soft reboot of some sort. Yeah, I'm expecting a reboot at this point. Yeah, no. I mean, they, I, has anyone here actually played the uh, original Fable games? I unfortunately haven't. I have, actually. Uh, oh, 20, so, funny enough, when it, the cinematic in 2020, or just the title card, got announced... I never played them, and uh, and I went back and played Anniversary Edition. I want to say late 2020, maybe early 2021. And I've only played the first one. And I know people really like two, and then are really either decisive or don't like three. Uh, and I figured I'd save those until it was a little bit closer to the reboot. But yeah, I think they totally nailed the tone, the humor, kind of the... The sensibilities, I mean, the small things like kicking the chicken or just, I don't know, that unique British humor. Um, I, I totally love, like, the world they're setting up. I think it just comes down to what are we actually doing. Yeah, I'm pretty much Cheryl, your exact sentiments. Like, I love, love British humor so much. So, like, Fable has kind of been on uh, the horizon for me, one I really want to get to. And this trailer definitely, uh, you know, really sold me on, like, wanting to try this game out when it comes out. Obviously, this is a very major plus for this game. Make you much more likely to even try it in general. Um, there was a little bit of discourse, in my opinion, kind of stupid discourse about the character designs, specifically the main character. People saying that she's ugly, even though it's a creative character, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Did you guys have any thoughts on that? It sounds like people online just wanted to reason this shit on Xbox. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I have the same thoughts as this as I did with, I think it was uh, Aloy during one of the Horizon yeah, trailers. Yeah. It's like, dude, go touch grass. Like, please go outside and touch grass. Like, I don't know what to tell you. It's, it's, it's really stupid. Now, I will say, have they confirmed that it was a created character? Because I know, I'm pretty they sure have. in the first game. Okay, they did. Okay, cool. No, no, they haven't. I, they haven't. Oh, they haven't. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah, uh, in the first game, I don't even think you create a character outside of naming it and maybe giving it a different, like, uh, outside of, like, maybe gender. Uh, and maybe even that, I think, is only in 2 and 3. But, um, I mean, regardless, um, I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, from what I've heard, it's more so that, like, your character, like, changes their look and appearance depending on the decisions you make. At least right. that's kind of like how it's been told to me from uh, Fable fans. But I mean, e even in general, it doesn't matter because it's like, I don't know, I just kind of want to play an RPG. I don't really care that much <laughs> if the character is ugly and really she's not. So yeah, it's just dumb discourse. But yeah, in general, like uh, Fable trailer, 
I was very much satisfied with it, but I do actually agree somewhat with Fusion about the idea. Like, I do wish we kind of saw more raw gameplay. This is kind of one of those where it's like, yes, this was all in, in the engine, very much like we saw some snippets, but it would have been nice to maybe get a HUD or something and like get more of an idea of how this game plays. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? I feel like this was very much a hey, this game still exists and it is coming out more than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this is definitely probably out of all the games that were shown, this is probably gonna be one like one of the last one that actually releases. So that's why we got this pure half CGI, half in-game engine trailer where they're showing it's yeah, it's just a reminder, like, hey, yeah, Fable exists and we want you to be excited for it. But sadly, this is gonna be like one of, if not the last game of all the games we're showing, going to be released. So, but besides that, it looked fun to me. I love once again, like everyone else, mm-hmm. I love the British humor. Yes, yeah, Sam. I, I guess like, I think last it's question. worth. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead, Ben. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, no. I I was going to say I think it's worth pointing out to uh, some of the developer comments uh, we saw on Twitter this week, where I think first it was the lighting, uh, one of the lighting animators or directors yeah. being like. Yeah, that was real. So thank you for the compliment calling it CGI. That's how it's <laughs> actually going to look to an extent. Um, kind of, you know, a little bit of a flex. And then I want to say it was the combat animator who also mentioned like, no, I, you know, it, sure, it's only for two seconds with the fireball or maybe unsheathing the sword and some of, you know, like very small snippets. Yeah. But it seems like those animations are going to be close to what you actually see. And I think that's important to know, too. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, I guess last thing, do you guys have any predictions for when this release? Early 2025. Yeah, it's going to, they're going to originally say like holiday 2024. It's going to slip in early 2025. Yeah, I don't think it's anytime soon. I, I would say summer 2025. That'd be my guess. I think this is like... Yeah, I, I, go ahead. Uh, I think this is the big game we get before Elder Scrolls 6. Oh, man, Elder Scrolls 6. I mean, that's even farther yeah, wait, away. What? Yeah, what? I think Elder Scrolls, <laughs> Elder Scrolls Where did, where did the selection of, come from? In terms of like size and like open world like exploration, I'm assuming this is what, what they're setting up with this. This is going to be the large title before we get Elder Scrolls Six. Oh, oh, I understand what you mean now. He, okay. He's just saying yeah. we're getting the, the big open, this is our open Xbox world game. title. Yeah, to keep us like satiated until ES Six. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were saying like, oh, Elder Scrolls Six. Elder Scrolls Six comes out uh, two weeks later. <laughs> uh, I think that's I guess actually that's a all good ever... question. Wait, sorry. What? No, just no, to please. piggyback off of that. Uh, do we think? Okay, so like Forza Horizon has some pretty big maps and i know it's a car game and this is you know an action adventure game and the scale is going to be completely different but like how big do you think they could really push this map for the first real foray into this type of game mode if you want me to be honest i don't think it's going to be that big i think they want to like have a more focused experience very much like an obsidian game i mean yeah then that's pretty big oh yeah but like i mean it's not going to be yeah, like maybe not as big as like a Bethesda or a Witcher map, but maybe just below that, like a notch down. Yeah, maybe like a Spider-Man. Yeah, I could <laughs> see that size. That'd be a good size. Yeah, Spider-Man. So pretty much I expect. But yeah, that's pretty much everything on Fable. Did you guys have any last uh, thoughts on it? No, not really. 
Okay. I guess we'll move on to South of Midnight. This is Compulsion Games' new IP. I just want to say that I predicted this would show up, and I was right. I'm going to take some points for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very much those New Orleans. I'm still waiting to see if I can get that point. But uh, it got like a nice little CG trailer, or not CG, an engine. Um, but uh, kind of like this uh, stop motion esque like design, like clay. I don't know how else you would describe it. Like very cool art style. Yeah, it's like a clay, like almost stop love... motion kind of thing. Yeah, it yeah. was like those I, Tim Burton movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those movies, and I love the art style. I love the music. I love the aesthetic. Didn't really see gameplay. We didn't get an understanding of like how the game would necessarily like play and whatnot. Um, I guess Moon, I'm gonna start with you. How did you feel about this game? Uh, from what we can actually work from, it's they're just kind of just setting the tone of like what the game could be, and obviously it's some kind of like Bayou adventure, like involving some kind of magic. I was like, we might as well just call this Princess and the Frog, right? Princess and the Frog, right now. Uh, but <laughs> the vibe that it gave off seems cool. Like I'm into it of whatever you're selling. Like I don't know what it is. Uh, what are those details? I guess that just came out not too long yeah. ago about it. Can you bring those uh, up? Yeah, uh, Clobril over on Twitter uh, pointed this out. South of Midnight details, third-person action-adventure, Okay. wide linear game design, explorable areas, gated to require completion of the story, uh, set in the American Deep South, use magical abilities to confront mysterious creatures, and then rich narrative, unique, moody art direction. So those are pretty much all the yeah. details so that we have uh, on this game. It's like your standard, like... Uh, third-person adventure action game. So I'm all for it. I love those are like one of my favorite genres. And I'm guessing we're going to be diving into the like mythicals of that kind of mythology, like Baron Samity and all those kind of characters. I could easily see those kind coming up. Oh, yeah. Um, So we're going to party down in the South. It's going to be great. I love it. Uh, Uh, But yeah, I I would can't wait to see more. Uh, Fusion, uh, this this seems like up your alley. What do you think of it? Also, like, total vibes-wise, I was definitely, I was really into it. But Compulsion also did this with We Happy Few, like, with that game. Yeah. Like, before that game came out, they had really good trailers and, like, really good things for that game. And personally, I don't like We Happy Few. I tried it, and I just, like, could, like, I, I saw the vision there, and I liked the world they were making. But, so that's my, that's my only issue, is, like, from the vibes, I'm all in already. But I just want, I, I feel like Compulsion hasn't delivered a good video game yet. And that could be me just saying things but i'm not yeah my my hype levels are lower just because of their past games but i think with the microsoft budget now and them being technically first party with extra money they can make something really special i feel like they've always had a vision they just haven't had the money to deliver i mean the big thing is that um we happy few had like those procedurally generated levels that pretty much nobody liked and they very much confirmed already that this game wouldn't have stuff like that okay that, that's good to hear because like like i said like the, the vibes even the music it was just like it was it was an awesome trailer honestly for like a first time for sure uh benji you got any thoughts on this game i do and uh actually i, I guess i should have tipped you off to this earlier so i apologize but there was actually a interview with let me see here uh, creative director David Sears and narrative producer slash creative specialist James Lewis. Yeah, I know. I I should have tipped you off to this because I didn't no, no know worries. about it until literally <laughs> today. But it's a really good interview on the Xbox Wire, and they kind of just buried it, which 
I have a problem sometimes with Xbox marketing, just burying good stuff for no reason, like not promoting it. But uh, anyways, so some of the things it's, it's actually a pretty lengthy art uh, interview, but it's, it's a good read if you want to learn more about the game. So some of the bullet points I picked out from it, um, magic realism is one of the calling cards of Southern Gothic. Um, So kind of that, like, how um kind of like how uh moon said princess and the frog how we kind of just accept that like there's voodoo you know and stuff <laughs> and and we, they don't really explain it and everyone just kind of goes along with it um so I, I really like that idea um and they they talk about how the south uh like the deep south is generally underrepresentative or unrepresented in games and uh, is trying to shine a spotlight on that and also the fact that they're trying to tell uh, the story of a black woman in the setting creates another level of complexity that the team had to meet with curiosity and empathy. I think that's really interesting because, um, you know, if the gameplay isn't there like Fusion, and I think Fusion's totally right. You got to be skeptical on on gameplay with, with after yeah. We Happy Few. But if they can tell a good story, um, you know, with with how they're going about this, um, and you could already tell from the vibe. With uh, they mentioned music being a driving force with uh, blues, gospel, and folk music, um, and uh, what, let's see what else. Uh, effectively, Hazel's power isn't to simply destroy monsters with her magic, but to repair the tears in the world itself that have let them spill through. I think they're really setting up for a, a unique game. Uh, and I just hope that you know the game plays enough to where I will want to continue with the story. Um, yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I if share if music is going to be like a big part of it. Like, are we getting this is like the next like Hi-Fi Rush or uh, Brutal Legend, where music is like a big part of the combat? I, I don't think so. I didn't really get that. Yeah, I think it's very. I think much it's more like Persona, like where it's like, man, this soundtrack it's its own is, character. Yeah, right. Like you, you go into those you know, uh, different dungeons or, or areas. And you're like, Oh, I get the vibe here. Like it's completely different than the last vibe. And I think that goes into, uh, I don't, I don't think I put it as a bullet point, but they really want to, it's not just new Orleans. Uh, they really want to just dive into, uh, folk tales of the South that are like, kind of, uh, you know, amalgamous and, and don't really have like, um, like a picture of them. They're kind of just tales you would hear by the fire as a kid, kind of thing. So, I absolutely love that. I am a sucker for like you know folk tales, mythology, anything of that regard. And I do think that deep south like folk tales are extremely rep- underrepresented in any piece of media. So seeing hearing all of that like got me much more excited for this game. I guess last question: When do we think this uh, one comes out? Because this had no date probably we're falling i think this is what they did is they grouped all these games together that are super far out right at the beginning so fable south of midnight like they're all late 2024 early 2025 i think this comes out before fable most likely i think it's smaller next year yeah yeah i i could see 2025 just because we really didn't see much like at least fable we saw some semblance of gameplay Whereas I think this really was just a, for all intents and purposes, a CGI, CGI trailer in engine. Um, so yeah, I'm a little more skeptical and think it might be 2025. In its defense, yeah, this, was... this was also its announcement trailer. So, right, yeah, and also this game came out in 20... 
uh, like oh, I wanted to say, came out in 2016. <laughs> so they, have, oh, wow, that's their last game. So they've been working on this either for a while or they had other like project works, anything like that. But it seems like this has been like a long time cooking, and I, I hope it comes out next year. I, I, I kind of agree with everyone else that I do think it's next round. But yeah, that's pretty much a night. Very cool trailer. Uh, next, Star Wars Outlaws. This is Ubisoft Massive's new Star Wars game. We're gonna delve more deep into the actual like gameplay and whatnot. But uh, Ubisoft guy, what did you think of uh, the CG trailer? Yeah, I thought the CG trailer was good. I thought it introduced characters that immediately I liked. Like I, I don't know why, just the character models and like the way they represented themselves in the trailer, I was really into. So like. Overall, I'll talk about it later, but the more I watched this, the more I was like, this might have been my game of the whole weekend, which was a surprise for me, because I've never even seen the Star Wars really? movies. Yeah, I've never seen the Star Wars movies. My only, like, Star Wars lore is all through the games, but, like, I don't know, especially with that gameplay we'll talk about later. I watched that gameplay trailer a lot, so I, I was pretty impressed by this, honestly. Hey, that's good to hear. Um, uh, Benji, did you have any thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, I think... Um... From a pres- uh, from the perspective of like the Xbox showcase, I thought this was a very strong message to send. Like, hey, we have a banger third party that we haven't really seen anything about, and like here it is. And at the same time, still working with Ubisoft. Like, it was almost like the best compromise where it's like, here's a trailer, get hyped about it. Yeah, you're going to see a lot more at the Ubisoft show, but like the fact that it's here at the Xbox show first to kind of send that message, it kind of worked out both ways, which I thought was really, really smart from from both uh, teams. Yeah, that's pretty much um, th- th- that was a great that's a great point. Like just basically saying like, hey, we have third party presence, you know, just like Sony, because Sony loves to throw out their third party presence. Microsoft wanted to show off their third-party presence and, you know, having something as big as, like, a brand-new Star Wars game to get that reveal is a big deal, you know? Say say what you want about Ubisoft as a company. Like, this is a very massive game. This is going to sell gangbusters. I think we can all agree with that. No pun intended on the uh, on the massive. But uh, I, I will also say, uh, for, for me personally, I kind of have star wars fatigue and like the please stop putting someone related to luke skywalker (laughs) in everything and please just do like and that's why i really like the first couple seasons of mandalorian and uh, i haven't gone around to andor i really do need to watch that but like the jedi games you know kind of appeal to me in that way it's like god there's so many interesting things you could do with this world please stop bringing out the same thing and and i do like that they're not doing that here yeah, I mean, it's just good to see that, you know, this isn't another game about a Jedi that survived Order 66. Because I'm starting to think Order 66, like, it was kind of a fluke that they even killed any Jedi with how many <laughs> Jedi apparently survived that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we'll go really uh, much more into it when we get to the actual um, Ubisoft presentation where they showed off gameplay. Uh, next up, um, what's called Sarah Bond came up on stage, uh, kind of talked a bit about, like, what we're going to be expecting and very much told us how we're the lifeblood of Xbox. You know, I felt inspired because I bought a $500 box. I'm glad that she cares about me this deeply, you know? <laughs> and then um, this moves into our next game, 33 Immortals, uh, in the game title, 33-player co-op game, uh, just a 2024, and it's going to be a Game Pass Day 1. Um, what, what's it called? Moon, what did you think about this one? 
it just made me like really think about how I have like no almost no gaming friends. I'm like, I can't even get up to ten, let alone thirty-three. <laughs> uh but besides that, look cool, very Hades like and almost design and like uh combat. So hey mate, Game Pass, you might as well give it a shot. Fusion, I know you uh, love Hades. Did you did this trailer do anything for you? Yeah, um, similar vein where I just couldn't help but think of Hades the entire time I was watching it. Oh, I, I think it'll be cool. I think I think it's gonna do well. The thirty three, like I assume that's with like online too, like you can load up with anyone. Yeah, I would assume. So like, I, I think I would it'd be hope, cool to check out. Yeah, thirty three plays split screen. Oh God. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean like with randoms. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I, assume okay, yeah. I assume there's matchmaking where like if you don't have be. that many friends. Um, but yeah, I think I think it looks cool. I think the gameplay looks really nice, and like it looks like it's gonna be punchy and feels good. So, yeah, no, this is definitely one of those trailers that just like kind of got me interested in playing this game. And I was like, oh man, but I don't know if I'd even want to buy it. And then you just see that beautiful Game Pass logo, and it's like, oh well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but do you got any thoughts on this one? Uh, yes, I, I missed this when I was watching it the first time because I was in a Discord with some friends and. We were talking over it, but I didn't hear that this was the devs from Spirit Fair. I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that is like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with this. This is not what I expected. Um, but also, shout out to uh, those devs. I forget the name off the top of my head. Um, Thunder Lotus. Thunder Lotus, yeah. Uh, shout out to them. Uh, I can't believe someone finally made a game based off my favorite number. Uh, 33 <laughs> is very underrepresented in in uh, most media, and I really appreciate that. Um, but no, I, I I also did love how they did this trailer because I think everyone had the same reaction where it's like, oh, it's Hades. Oh, you can group up with like two people. Oh, four people. Wait, six. Wait, 33. 30. Like it was <laughs> that gradual escalation of like, wait, what is this game? I thought yeah, it I showed well. Um, and the combat looked decent. Uh, I'd like to see more of it, but um, yeah, because it's on Game yeah. Pass, like easy. Yeah, I kind of uh, share a lot of your sentiment. I think that's almost a thing that I really loved about this showcase is that I almost every trailer here I feel like had like kind of that trailer pop moment, you know, where it didn't feel like each trailer was like we would get to that point where it's like, oh, there's an ad here, basically like a ad trailer. But like we we just saw a lot of trailers have that like at least a release date or some hook to it, like a Game Pass announcement, or in this case, you know, the 33 players. A cool thing, and I'm glad that they would allow something smaller like that to immediately follow up Star Wars Outlaws. That was great to see. I, I was a big fan of that trailer. Uh, and then next, we got Payday 3, uh, September 21st date. This is a game that we've been hearing about forever. They actually got a Game Pass deal, which I think is pretty massive for a game like this. Um, I guess, uh, Benji, I'm going to actually start with you. Do you have any thoughts on Payday 3? Yeah, uh, actually, this is, a, this is a loaded topic for me because uh, oh, no. 2015 Benji was a huge Payday 2 fan. And uh, I used to play this with my buddy who, to his credit, I think still plays it from time to time. But um, infamously, I don't know if anyone was playing Payday 1 or 2 on console back in the day, but uh, specifically with Payday 2, it be, uh I don't think they updated that the console version for like 400 days when it first came out, and no. there started to be this like console pair like uh like uh what's the word uh gap 
between the PC version would get all of these updates, all of the all of this new DLC, and the console would be constantly behind. And to the point where uh, some developers who I looked into this, they still work at the studio, were like, well, if I was playing on a console and the game was better on PC, I would just play it on PC. Like, <laughs> that's a terrible perspective to have. But in their defense, this was 2015. Things have changed. Um, I think the the real reason they made a third one is because the engine they have said a million times that engine is awful and it is on its last legs and they just need to start fresh and to their credit they are promoting crossplay uh with pc and i think uh playstation 5 um and they they it sounds like this is going to be more uh, content parity and, and feature complete uh with pc and no one's going to get left behind um but yeah I, like you said Game Pass Day 1, I think that's enough for me to be like, all right, I had gripes with this game literally eight years ago. I should just let it go and 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 start again because, man, that is a fun gameplay loop. Um, I did search it up. Uh, you are right. Crossplay is with PS5 as well. So every okay. console. Cool. Yeah, that's good to hear, honestly, especially with a game like this. Um, I don't think, um, you know, it's what's called Dark Fusion. Man, I know you guys aren't really into Payday, I don't think. I actually did play Payday 2 back in the day a little bit back with an old gaming group I was a part of. And I had no idea about the whole PC and console like gap that was there. So that's interesting to hear about. But yeah, I mean, from what the little bit I played of Payday 2 back in the day was, it was fun. So happy to see like, what does a more modern version of that look like these days? So I'm excited to check it out. And of course, Game Pass Day 1, why not? Yeah, that's definitely going to be the big seller there. It's like Game Pass for a game like this, you know, especially a multiplayer game. Those are the games that, benefit the most from game pass i would argue so that's a big deal um i mean i guess for me like i played payday 2 for two hours um so just take with that information what you will <laughs> um nice. and then uh moving on we got dark this is your topic persona 3 reload we got an early 2024 date i have a lot of info to get through um oh i guess just it's game pass so just initial thoughts on the trailer dark you this is your thing let's go Okay, I'm not gonna pretend that I'm surprised because this thing get leaked early, but it was nice seeing it be officially announced for everybody. But Jesus Christ, this game has so much fucking information about it. It's ridiculous. This was the most annoying game to get all the information for. You know, if we could get behind the scenes, I felt like I had to read like 80 articles to get all the info possible for the podcast. You want to start getting into it? I, I'll get to it in a second. I, I want to get initial thoughts. Uh, Moon, I know you're a big Persona fan. You missed uh, Persona 3, though. What, what did you think of this one? Uh, I mean, it's one of the industry's worst-kept secrets for a while. Now, we've known, we've had rumblings of a Persona 3 remake for, I want to say, almost over a year, maybe pushing two years now. So yeah. it's just nice to have this finally out in the open, especially now that I just finished Persona 4. So I'm just like, yes, more. Give me more. Yes. Um <laughs> But everything about it looks great so far in that trailer, and I'm excited to see and learn more all about these characters because, like the diehard Persona fans who actually did struggle and play through three, have said this is probably the best game in the franchise. So I'm like, okay, let's see what you, let's see what you got. Uh, I'll let the cover if that's it. Go ahead, Dirk. Uh, three has the potential to be the best in the series if they manage to fix some things. That's it's a big if, but if they do manage it, it. I can see it easily being everybody's favorite person. Like it. 
Yeah, no, I can definitely see that. Benji, what, what, you have initial thoughts on the trailer before we get into the details? Yeah, so I, I will say this is probably the worst time to mention it, but I did try Persona 5 uh, back when it did drop, and I made it to, like, I think I beat the third dungeon, and I would put in, like, 30-something hours. And I was like, I... I like this game. I appreciate it, but I just don't have the willpower to to make it all the way through <laughs> a game like this. Uh, but I really do like it. Comes out of a place of respect, and I just you know had to cut my losses. But um, I think it looks. Uh, I've seen gameplay of of the original uh, third one, and I think it it looks great. And I know the people who like this really like this. And yeah, you know, again, uh, it'll be a recurring theme. But Atlas showed up at this showcase, and I think that's yes. a great sign of confidence for Xbox. That's a topic yeah. I want to get into later as well. Oh yeah, we'll get to it because um, they did show up a couple more times. Um, I, I, I thought this trailer was absolutely fantastic. Obviously, it leaked, but. You know, I, I pretended to be surprised when they showed it at Xbox. And of course, we got a lot, lot of information <laughs> from many different sources. So initially, the first article that came out was um, Persona 3 Reload won't include content from FES or Portable, including the female protagonist. Came from Logan Plant over at IGN. This was a big deal when it came out. Um, namely, it's a quote, uh, namely, Persona 3 Reload appears to miss the additional content for Persona 3 FES and Persona 3 Portable, which includes the option to play as a female protagonist. In an interview with IGN, Persona 3 Reload producer uh, Ryota Mitsuma and chief director Kazushi, Kazuhisa Wada confirmed that Persona 3 Reload only features content present in the original release of Persona 3. Now, that was the initial thing. And then we go into the Noisy Pixel uh, article. Um, Orpheus uh, Joshua wrote this. Persona 3 Reload producer clarifies the game will include added main story content from FES. The and protagonist not featured. Famitsu recently conducted an interview with crucial staff members of the upcoming Persona 3 Reload, notably general producer Kazuhisa Wada, director Takuya Yamaguchi, and producer Ryota Nitsuma. One of the questions from the Famitsu interview asked about what features Persona 3 Reload would have when considering the playable female protagonist from Portable and the epilogue scenario title from The, the Answer from Persona FPS. Ryota's response clearly indicates that his statement to IGN was an unfortunate generalization that is not entirely accurate. To summate it, he clarified that the answer would not include included in Reload, nor the female protagonist. However, certain parts of FES will be featured in this release. If I had to guess, I would assume the Aegis social link added to FES will be included here. So that was a whole saga in and of itself. We got a lot more details, but Dark, what did you think of like all of that? So, so yeah, I guess it would be best if we break this down slowly for everybody. So the main issue with base Persona 3, and I'm playing through it right now. Well, I'm playing through Portable right now, but the, the main issue with this game is that a lot of things aren't there's not enough context or clarification of a lot of things. And that's the like a, the main reason why that answer exists. And if you're familiar with Persona, you know that they have social links for characters. In Persona 3, if you're playing as the male, you cannot interact with your other male teammates unless you play as the female, which is mind-boggling to me, looking back. So I, they already clarified this, that they are going to make it so that everybody has a social link and all this now. If they clarify things properly, they don't need to do the answer. It will be completely irrelevant. They can literally add two sentences into the game, and the answer will be completely irrelevant. I, it is a bit sad that the female protagonist isn't there because it's not that many changes of the line to text being changed, and maybe I guess like some cutscenes. 
I hope that they add it later, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I kind of agree with a lot of those sentiments. Um, I will also mention uh, there was a new voice cast revealed. Um, I mean, I know you uh, do a lot of voice acting stuff. Did you have any thoughts on this? Uh, not a whole lot. It's just what's if you pay attention to English dubbing of anime or English dubbing of Japanese video games, you start to see and notice a lot of similar names. They reuse a lot of uh, actors, and it's just a group called I just call the usual suspects now. I know pretty, and I've worked with a couple of these people, or worked, but uh, I've been in context with some of them. Um, and they're all great people. Like, they're all great actors. The only ones I don't know are, like, there's, like, two or three I don't know. Uh, but I checked their Twitters, because obviously they were all over my Twitter feed, because I follow all these actors. Um, and it looks like the ones that I don't know are just more up-and-comers, like, who've, who've done some roles in some anime and maybe some other smaller games. So this seems to be, like, their first, like, big franchise so you know congratulations to them on your like big role uh but yeah nothing wrong uh, like these are all great people like the lead now the, who's playing the protagonist a lot of people will probably know him right now as luke from street fighter 6 he who's a great oh, nice. guy he does a lot of, he does a lot of big work um yeah not a whole lot to say it's just it's just funny to me now just every time a new japanese uh english dub game comes out or anime it's like it's just so many it's the same like I want to say like twenty to thirty people. <laughs> it's just so funny, yeah. like how often these people get reused. But it is kind of nice um, that they're not reusing anyone who's been in Persona before, like either regarding either four or five. So it is nice to have like this uh, broad uh, actors because if you look at the original three, uh, they re they re did reuse them a lot later, like four, like Yosuke from four played the protagonist in three. Like, it was the same guy, yeah. Yuri, uh, Yuri Lernthal, who is now Spider-Man. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's good to see, though, yeah. I mean, like, what you were saying about up-and-comers, it's always good to see, like, new talent uh, really come out and, like, really do more stuff like that. Um, now, there's still more details, believe it or not. Uh, Four Gamer did a big interview with the staff. Um, this actually, this translation comes from uh, someone on Twitter, uh, MBKK. Uh, very good. I would recommend reading through this whole thing, but I took away some takeaways, that, like the big stuff, if you will. Um, all modern series elements are in P3R, including the lack of fatigue slash tiredness, and characters will have individual persona elements. Every social link event is fully voiced. To compromise for the lack of male social links, these new side stories were added so that every character gets their backstories equally told. All voices were recorded again. It is a higher volume of voice acting than in the original. Tartarus has breakable objects and unique conversations that you will only hear by exploring with your teams. Direct commands and AI commands are in P3R, just like every other Persona game. It is now possible to max out all social links on your very first playthrough and reload, and then we'll be making adjustments to the main cast, including their skills, so that they can all be equally effective in battle dark i am gonna have really delegate this it's to you good. to talk all about this because i i haven't played persona 3 i love 5 i love 4 i have not played 3 so this is all you so starting off with the the status features like you mentioned tiredness and all that this was a feature that is exclusive to 3 that they were testing out where so tartarus is the main dungeon it's kind of like um 200 floors. Mementos. Yeah, it's kind of like Mementos. Instead of going down, you go up. That's the, the main difference. 
But what would happen is that you would do, you spend the day grinding in Tartarus, and then everyone that you used in your party would become tired, and you could not use them again. If you attempted to use them again, they would get sick, and then you would have to wait even longer to use them properly, and then it was like a whole downward spiral. So you had to constantly keep track of how all your party members were feeling, pretty much. Making sure your homies are in good health. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> in concept, it's a cool idea. In practice, it sucks. It is tedious as hell to deal with. You can be having a great day, and then all of a sudden, someone will randomly be sick, and you have to get healed again before you can even start exploring. It's a little too like real life. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. going to another issue as well, some of the characters are, are... There's no balance in this game. Like Some characters are utterly broken compared to other ones, which leads you to using the same party members over and over again. So then when one of those characters gets sick, it's a whole like downward spiral of events that happens. Yeah, that's what they say at the end about making adjustments to the main cast so that everyone is effective in battle. Yeah, which is good to hear because a lot of these characters are fun to use. Um, like I mentioned earlier, they are fixing the social links because before you couldn't mess with the male social links if you were playing as a male character, which makes no sense. <laughs> and I do hope that they do fix the social links in general because a lot of your party members, the requirements to even start the social link, to even start learning about them, you can't unlock to the tail end of the game. Makes no sense to me whatsoever. Yes. Um, um, and then, yeah, oh yeah and then I want to move into the, uh, I guess the uh, possible to max out all social links. So what's the deal with that? <laughs> there is a On lot. Yeah, there is a lot in P three where it's like you you will mess up unless you're like following a guide. You're gonna mess up one hundred percent, and it's not capable. Like. You will mess up, and there are social links that are. That is like the club system is back from P4. Uh -huh. There's different social links tied to that, depending on what club you are. So it's literally impossible for you to get all the social links in this oh, single playthrough. Yes, tell me about it. Yeah, and then the direct commands. I heard about this. Uh, it's like a situation on FES. How you can yeah, so your FES party had this, and it was fixed and portable before your characters would just kind of be on autopilot. You can like make them more aggressive or more like reserved, but for the most part, you was like at RNG pretty much for what would happen with direct commands, which isn't said portable. It plays like four and five. Bit. Yeah, I mean, I Where guess you control everybody. Yeah. I guess uh, me right now is to wait until this remake comes out to play three because there is this that I do not want to play the original. <laughs> I'm telling you right now that I'm playing through the original. There is absolutely no reason to play through that original. <laughs> take my word for it. There, I'll take a good word. story. It's worth the wait. Don't play the original. It's gonna be so dated by the time this comes back out. Um, they also one last thing that they mentioned. They mentioned that Tartarus has some breakable objects and stuff. Tartarus is bland as hell. There's no other way to put it. This is just dungeon crawling uh -huh. to the extreme. I guess having breakable objects and more conversations will liven the mood, but it, it's still like boring. Yeah, that's just like 254 or something. It is ridiculous. Yeah, I assume they'll probably cut back a bit. Like they'll try to well, make sure that much maybe. more. We'll see. I, I mean, they, they're apparently going to be revealing information, like st even more information. Okay, so I want to add on to this. I cannot take credit for this. I did see this online. People who have no life to ever living shit out of this game. In the footage, they showed that I think it was like floor 125 or something. It is identical to floor 125 in the older games. So it seems like they one for one in some, because I don't like the, I'm not sure how they're doing it, because I'm 
Persona 3, the, the dungeons are randomly generated, they're somehow recreating all of those rooms again. So Damn. I, I think it's just going to be a prettier looking TARDIS. Um, I guess, Maybe uh, they can to... make it if you move faster through it. Because TARDIS uh-huh. can be a slug to go. So if you go through it faster, maybe it'd be better, but I don't know. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, it's good to get some details on like what a lot of these uh, mean. Um, I, I mean, I guess last thing, when you guys think this comes out, I did say early 2024, uh, Dark, what about you? I, with the sheer amount of information that's coming out, and I think somewhere, I could be wrong, I think it said somewhere that the game is playable from start to finish. And if I'm wrong, I'm sorry about that. I feel like this game um, can get like pushed up. Like I can see it coming out at the tail end of this year or like January next year. I don't think we're far off from this game whatsoever. Yeah, I think I agree with that uh, January assumption. Uh, what about yeah. you? Uh, yeah, January, February is, has always felt right because, well, I mean, we do have Persona 5 Tactic uh, to consider. I don't know if they want to put them too close to one another. So maybe, maybe February. I think I'll settle on February. Okay, that's good to hear. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything on Persona 3. Um, moving on. We got Avowed gameplay. This is definitely one of the games that I was most interested in seeing. A uh, nice 2024 release date. I saw a lot of like mixed opinions on this online. I saw some people saying it looked ugly. They weren't into the art style. Benji Bob, um, what about you? How do you feel about this uh, trailer? Let me tell you. This is exactly what I wanted to see out <laughs> of an Avowed trailer. Because I don't care what expectations people had in their 2020 CGI trailer. <laughs> I, I, so the outer worlds is, I think it's 11 on my top uh, games of all time. So I love obsidian. I've played uh, bits of new Vegas and uh, pillars of eternity, which is what the uh, game world is actually based on and about. Uh, I really want to make a earnest playthrough uh, through at least the first game. I think it's more of a, an ARPG. I forget the um, the the um, genre of game. Yeah, CRPG. Yeah. I think it would be computer RPG. Okay. Um, but like, yeah, it, the the this looks like an Obsidian ass Obsidian game. Uh, my thing is though, I am actually surprised how little we saw because I went back and watched Outer Worlds trailers and see how they showcased it and. They showed a lot of like dialogue and the humor and kind of the 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 satire of a post uh, you know apocalypse not uh, like late stage capitalism I guess would be more the term for for the world in yeah. outer worlds um, and kind of the satirical take on that and they showed off a lot of like the charm whereas interestingly enough in this trailer I feel like it was like here's all of the cool combat you can do and we're not telling you yeah. a thing about the trailer or about the story about companions uh, they showed off one guy who uh, I believe in the um, extended showcase they mentioned that he either is a companion or he's a central figure in the game which I mean makes sense um, but uh yeah, I I personally I I love it. I think um this is exactly I don't want Obsidian to just make giant RPGs and be Bethesda light. I want them to make these tight 30 to 40 hour um experiences that are replayable because I think I I replayed Outer Worlds 3 times um and went completely different ways with it 
uh, every time and, and had a blast with it. And I'd rather replay a 30-hour game three times than do a 90-hour game uh, once. So Yeah, I pretty much agree with everything you say. I think this is pretty much the exact gameplay trailer I expected, the exact tone I wanted. Everything looks great. Um, I, unlike you, I wasn't the biggest fan of Outer Worlds. I think that this game definitely looks a lot more interesting to me, just uh, based on concept and how it looks. Uh, there were a lot of people um, kind of confused about the idea of co-op. If it's like a co-op game, they did specify it is single-player companion system, you know, like a basic RPG as per usual. Um, what's it called? Uh, Fusion. Did you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I love fantasy RPGs. So like this, I love the vibes. I love like the combat. I thought it looked really good. I loved everything they were showing. I think people, the hate is weird because people are just so obsessed with Skyrim 10 years later <laughs> that it's like, like when they showed off the 2020 CGI trailer and they were like, oh, it's going to be Obsidian's like Skyrim. Like they're going to go all Skyrim and do this and that. I think people stuck on that, like that wording too hard. So when they saw what we just saw, which like, it still looked high budget, but it obviously looked like it was going to be not your Skyrim, but like your Elder Worlds. And people yeah. just took that and they were like, okay, well, we wanted Skyrim 2.0 because all we want is Skyrim. Because that's like, when people think of fantasy RPGs, that's all they want anymore is just like, they want that Skyrim high that they're never going to get again. Um, I thought yeah, the magic looked cool. I thought, I thought the magic looked cool. I will say, it was full CGI in 2020, so I get it. And so I get it's not going to line up exactly, but I will say there was parts where, like, at times I was like, this felt like the vibes were a little different than what they initially went for. And that's totally fine. They could have, like, internally changed it a little bit. Even, like, the logo, like, the vibes of the logo is honestly, like, completely different. But I thought it looked good. I'm excited. I think Obsidian's one of the best studios in the entire world. So I'll be there to play it. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing where it's, like, you, a lot of, like, that initial lot of people were kind of expecting a dark fantasy from this game and uh let me tell you this looked a lot more high fantasy and I, i'll tell yeah. you guys i love dark fantasy it's one of my favorite genres i'm kind of sick of it i'm ready for like some high fantasy <laughs> it, it looks a lot more interesting than what i was expecting it to yeah well real quick uh just to kind of go off of the uh the cgi stuff i do think this is to tie this back to like the fable and south of midnight I would much rather Xbox go down the road of announcement trailers in engine or with as little as CGI as possible, because guess what? I think we all have an expectation now of what South of Midnight is, whereas with Avowed, there was that dissonance and kind of like, uh, you know, like the the expectations people had, not maybe not knowing enough about... Uh, um, obsidian and then getting this it was a bit of whiplash where i think an in-engine announcement trailer whether it's all cinematics or, or not at least establishes better expectations going forward yeah yeah i, yeah, I completely agree that's that's where i'm at where it's like like i i think the internet's dumb but at the same time i could see the arguments where people are like this game looks different like than when it was first shown off because it did because it was cgi and it did look more dark and like what we what we saw was like very colorful and like the obvious like more obsidian rpg so i could see in the future them like trying to stay away but we also say that and like publishers never do what we think they're gonna do so and i wouldn't be surprised too if we have the same exact conversation with stated uh decay 3 when we see it again because that 
had that oh, same yeah. thing. <laughs> but I could be wrong. Much could be wrong. A dark, scary trailer, and then you're gonna get the trailer. It's like, yep, you're building and a zombie. Have fun, and everyone's all happy, cheery. <laughs> I, I just, I, I could see that gameplay trailer and the backlash online. It, it, it's just in my head. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything on about. I guess last thing, do you guys? Uh, when do you guys? Is I say late 2024. Yeah, I think this is locked for next year, personally. Yeah, late 2024. I'm gonna say this comes out. Oh wait, no. Yeah, I, mm. I've gone back and forth on where this comes out before Hellblade, and I think it's um, still I think it's after. I think yeah, it's I still think it's after. after. But I also just with and we'll get to Hellblade. But I wouldn't be surprised oh, we'll if it's it. before. <laughs> I because re- we saw a lot. I think in this trailer, so yeah. I think this. I think this is their holiday next year. It would make yeah, sense. That, is, that makes the most sense. This feels like their Starfield for next year. I'm yeah. like, here's our big RPG for the year. So we're gonna drop it in like late summer, early fall, like in August, September, or something like that. And I think the Outer Worlds dropped in October too, so that lines up, or September even. I think so. That'll line up. Oh, uh, it was October. Yeah. Um, I guess next thing, Sea of Thieves Monkey Island expansion. I don't do any of us play Sea of Thieves, just uh, off the top. I played it briefly. I played it. I dabbled. I, played I, it. I dabbled at the very beginning. I hit Pirate Legend like three years ago. Oh, I, haven't, nice. I, haven't played, I haven't played since, but I, yeah. this, this isn't enough for me to come back. Like The gameplay loop is the gameplay loop, and once you've done it for 200 hours, you're not going to get much more, but it's still <laughs> cool that they update the game all the time. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great content roadmap i think see it's not a series i'm invested in but i thought this was a really cool trailer and i'm glad they kind of made it quick to kind of say like hey this is happening you know july 20th that's the date yeah see you next thing i i think real quick though the pirates of the caribbean stuff that came out uh uh, was that 2021 that was really good um and it was yeah. uh like I, I haven't played Sea of Thieves in probably over like a year, but I did I I played it a lot when it came out and still pretty thoroughly. Actually, quick flex um on uh the kind of funny X cast, I think it's like episode three, they have Major Nelson on. And at the time what uh Snowbike Mike was doing for like he was do- pulling like the audience, um, like the patron audience, like stuff to either ask or um like your favorite achievements in games. And he had mentioned to uh, Major Nelson that I did the Tall Tales achievements where you have to do all of them five times. I did it by myself solo, which is oh, significantly gosh. harder uh, and and probably took me 40 to 50 hours to do. And uh, Major Nelson says, I bow down to you, Benji. So that's a flex. <laughs> um, you hang that up on uh, your wall? Yeah, yeah. I actually, it's in the bio of my Xbox profile still. That oh, just <laughs> I bow down to you, Benji. Quote Major Nelson. Um, but uh, yeah, as as far as the Monkey Island stuff, I think the Tall Tale like single player stuff they do is great because a lot of the times it's an instance world where it's not other people bothering you. You just do the story, and I think the humor lines up. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna play it. Um, but I I totally understand this probably isn't enough for a lot of people to come back. Yeah, that's pretty much the uh, big sentiment around the room right now. Um, next thing we got, so this is a little confusing for me, but I, I figured it out. Uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024. This is a new flight simulator game. They also um, showed off a 
Dune expansion for uh, kind of this flight simulator we have now for November 3rd. Um, I guess any thoughts on this, anyone? Because I do not play flight simulator. I'm not sure much about this. <laughs> so I don't play it either, but it is like, every time I see flight simulator, it's like the scariest game to think about. Just how accurate everything is. Like I've seen like clips. It is scary what they can do with this technology. Yeah. Like, imagine if they gave Kojima this technology. What he yes, would do oh, we wouldn't Stop see the giving him ideas. <laughs> like, it is terrifying. Uh, I, so I've played probably 30 to 40 hours of base flight sim, both on Xbox and then when I got a PC. Um, I, I could actually hit 60 frames. So I was like, okay, yeah, done. Nice. Um, <laughs> and like, it is, it's one of those games for me where... I know people who get really hardcore with it and like, I got to flip all of these knobs and wait for the engines to warm up to this temperature. And then I got to talk to the flight tower and, and, and go to this specific, it's like, okay, too far, but they do have really good um, onboarding to be like, here's a stun plane fly. You could even like start midair. You don't even have to take off you could just start midair and they do all of these tours and stuff. But um that's all to say what I really like about the 2024 update is it actually gives you something to do. And one of my favorite updates from Flight Sim 2020 was the Top Gun one where I don't know if you guys have seen Top Gun Maverick, but they and this isn't really spoilers, but they 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 do a a fighter plane um run in this canyon and you're weaving back and forth and they make it sound i mean i'm sure it is super hard to do in in real life and they basically recreate that in flight sim and like the real canyon where they filmed in like northern washington i think um and it was really fun and it was an objective you could do instead of just being like oh let's go tour france or let's go see disney world Mm -hmm. or, or something like that so Having the uh, the cargo missions, the firefighting missions, um, the the stunt plane stuff, I think have giving people an objective might bring in more people, which is super cool. Yeah, no, that sounds pretty interesting. Uh, I, I didn't get much of the trailer myself, but I know for Flight Sim fans, they definitely were excited about that. Um, and then the next thing, uh, this is personally one of my lowest uh, moments of the show. We got Hellblade 2, Senua's Saga. We got some gameplay, and I'll be honest, this was extremely disappointing. We got a date, 2024. We did not see nearly enough of the app. We just got kind of the same trailer I feel like we've gotten every time for this game. Uh, Fusion, you recently beat Hellblade 1. Uh, did you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, this 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 was my like biggest disappointment of the show when we got to Hellblade, and I'm like, like I said, we've seen it. Like It was revealed, I think, in 2019 at the Game Awards. Yeah. And every time we see it, it's another like just short trailer about how just like this how how the story is gonna go and like like a trailer like this doesn't make like if you're trying to sell a game on someone like to someone new, I get it's a sequel, but like this trailer like unless you played the first game, this trailer makes zero sense to you. So you're just like watching mm-hmm. this for like three minutes. There's no like you don't even know how the game plays basically. Um I was I was pretty low on Hellblade, the one I just played, the first one. Not like low, low, but I liked it less than I thought I was going to like it. So I need to see the gameplay and see if it improved at all for me to be excited about the sequel. And they just have not gave, like, they haven't given that to us at all yet. It's just been the same, like, story trailers over and over and over again. I know this had, like, in-game parts to it, but it wasn't, I want to see some, like, raw, like, even just combat. And this just wasn't it for me. 
Can't confirm yeah, as I mean, somebody who hasn't played the first one. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it's, it's like I get, I get it's a sequel, and you're supposed to play the first one, but they keep showing this game to people, and I'm like, if you never even played the first one, you just are you're totally lost every time this game hits your screen. You have no idea what it even is. Yeah, it's like they've shown off the visuals and the audio design, which are both exceptional, but like. What am I doing, you know, as someone who's dumb, who doesn't know anything about Hellblade? I want to know, like, what is the hook? What is the combat? What is, you know, all this, like, stuff about the game that I feel like we're getting nothing on? Uh, Benji, did you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I guess I'm taking the defense position here because I love this trailer. Uh, And I know, so, okay. So here's, every point you guys are making are completely valid because I do think, um, First off, the 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 Game Awards trailer. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they even started production. I think it came out that they didn't start production on this game until like 2020 or 2021, um, and they totally misled people on when this like game was coming out. And I think they just knew it was going to happen, and they just showed it. Um, but anyways, uh, so I I think that was bad expectations on on Microsoft's part, but. Um, I played Hellblade 1. I think I did the same thing as I did with Fable, where I was like, oh, that's a cool trailer. Let me go play the first one. And I really, really liked how um, they tell this story and how they portray uh, psychosis and just like mental health in general. I think, um, you know, I always think back to like, you know, characters of either whether it's like doing drugs or or these kind of mental things. I always go back to GTA five where it's like you smoke weed and you're all of a sudden like in a kaleidoscope like with a machine gun shooting yeah. aliens. Like that's not that's not what uh doing drugs is like, uh allegedly. Um but uh <laughs> but with Hellblade it's such a real and especially with headphones, like I know uh, some people played this either like on their Steam Deck or on their TV. Like you got to play this game with headphones because it like the real draw to this game is just how they portray Senua and what she's going through. And I'll admit it is a walking simulator. The puzzles in the first game are not that interesting or challenging. They're yeah, they're not. They're it's it's like that meme of like every uh, little block can go in the square hole on the little toddlers. Uh, oh yeah, thing. it's yeah. like it's just you don't even think about it. It's like okay, yeah, this is clearly the the answer. And the combat sucked. It was not good combat. But I was always more interested in the story. So for me, this trailer, I you know I listened to it in a Discord watch party, and I just deafened myself because. And props to Xbox for getting the headphone audio in the trailer. Oh yeah, that was that was a great uh, touch. Um, but the, I think what they showed is exactly what I personally want to see. I want to see more of this journey that she's going on and and how that evolves. And I think uh, the reason they're not showing gameplay and combat, I think we all have to come to the, or not we, the collective we, uh, come to the realization that I don't think they're going, kind of in the same way that Avowed isn't going to make Skyrim, I don't think they're going to really do much more in the combat or make the world bigger. I think it's just going to be another Hellblade, one with a better maybe production quality um 
And I think that's something yeah. we may have to just accept at this point, that it's not going to be this huge game. It's going to be this quick, you know, five to eight hour experience. If I could jump yeah. in real quick. Just, Go ahead. Just, just to say that, I will say my issues with Hellblade 1 were all on the gameplay side. You know, I, I really did like the story. So I agree with you there, Benji, about the story and her journey. And that the the point of you saying like you don't think the combat or anything's gonna get upgraded is what hurts me because I'm like they're so close to making something really special. And granted, every game doesn't have to be like this special ten out of 10, ten out of ten experience, but like I feel like they're so close with just tweaking the gameplay side of the game with how good the story already is that I'll be I'll just be so disappointed if they're just like if they just don't mess with it at all and they're just gonna continue the story. You know what I mean? Especially with Microsoft's yeah. budget now, and I get. It's not the dev's fault, but like the public eye, mostly fanboys have put on where they're like, they're comparing this game to like the God of Wars for Sony. They're like, right. this is the big budget visual masterpiece for Xbox to showcase against the PlayStation games. And it's like, I think the it's the hype around it and the expectations are already too high and it probably will never reach it. But I'm hoping they at least evolve the gameplay in some way, especially the puzzles, because dude, those puzzles, for the five hours I played them, I was like, these are some of the worst puzzles I've played in video games. Yeah, even using the word puzzles is like a stretch uh, yeah. to, to define them. <laughs> and that's, uh, my, that's my point. It's like, you watch these trailers, you have no idea where, like, Hellblade's basically a puzzle game. And, like, going through any of these trailers of what they've shown off for Hellblade 2 is like, you would have no idea. You think it's probably going to be some gritty combat experience, like, type of video game, but, like, most of Hellblade 1, other than the fourth combat section, which suck half the time, you're just going through doing puzzles. So, Yeah, no, yeah, I, I uh, agree. It's kind of like a... It's it's a walking simulator for the most part with some puzzles sprinkled in and some really weak combat. But I think to your expectations point, I mean, we just had this conversation with Avowed where people thought it was going to be Skyrim. And I think there was that overarching narrative whether it's from fanboys or whoever, that like the Microsoft acquisition of these studios now means cool, we're getting God of Wars and 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 uh, Last of Us's and these narrative experience, these bigger experiences, and just immediately. And I don't think I think there's going to have to be some hard expectation tampering uh, in that regard, while still being like cool. Game Pass is giving me a high quality experience, uh, you know. I think they said every four games a year. And even though it's not this, you know, 30 hour narrative experience, it's still a really cool experience and, and, um, and really good value on game pass, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, uh, real quick, Benji, you were right. Um, June, 2021 was apparently when they uh, started full production, at least uh, that's what I see here. Yeah. They totally um, misled on that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a big old, which happened a lot on the Xbox marketing, so. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an issue in general. Um, but I, I guess, I, I, I mean, everything you said about Hellblade kind of unsold me on the game. It, it, I, I some games like I love Uncharted, obviously, but I do need some gameplay. And hearing that the gameplay is not even good in Hellblade One, I'm hoping maybe maybe Hellblade play. And, you know, I do want it to have that. But yeah, this game, this this trailer just didn't really sell me on it. I can understand if you did love it. I completely understand. But I, this was just not the trailer that this game needed, in my opinion. 
Um, oh yeah, no, I know on. I'm in the minority for sure. <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. Um, moving on. We got like a dragon, infinite wealth. We got a uh, little Austin Powers esque uh, gag with uh, Ichiban in whole. I, I think Hawaii. They haven't fully confirmed it. Waking up on the beach naked. It, it was a very cute trailer for release day. Uh, Benji, I know you're a big Yakuza guy. What did you think of this? Okay. I'm, I'm about to be, get exposed a little bit. I've only played Zero. Um, but I do, oh, okay. like, it's one of those games where it's like literally every single time I'm about to start a new game, it's like, I really should play uh, Yakuza. Um, but I just haven't. Um, so I'll keep my, th- uh, my, my thoughts quick. Uh, I, I like, from what I've heard about Like a Dragon, uh, I guess, Seven. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was really good, and I do like turn-based games, so I'm I'm interested to see what they do there. Uh, I agree. I think it is in Hawaii because you could hear everyone t- kind of talking in English, and they definitely yeah. gave off. There's a lot of comparisons to Hawaii there, which I think is interesting because, to my knowledge, all the games take place in the same place in Japan. Um, yeah, in Japan. Yeah, it's like the same kind of region. Yeah. yeah so that like- so going to Hawaii, I think or wherever is 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 interesting but also i just have to point out that apparently um ichiban's butt cheeks uh got the the uh, age restricted a lot of reaction videos on youtube and cost a lot of creators money which is just the funniest thing about this trailer that's hilarious man did you play like a dragon moon i forget oh yeah i did i i was part of that hype train when the game first came out i got it not too long after launch and I absolutely loved it. I think it's easily in my top like twenty-five somewhere now, and so I am very much looking forward to this. And granted, I don't have any interest in going back to the older games uh, from what other people have said about them. I was like, I'm sure they're great in their own way, but I just that's just too many games for me to go back. And with seven being a like soft reboot, I'm like, I'm just gonna start here, and I and I'm perfectly fine with that because like it's Dragon Seven was so good. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to this. I'm just curious why this game is here at this showcase. I, is it only just well, because it's Sega? It's because yeah, it's Atlas. I don't it's Atlas. Into the Sega. Sega. Wasn't, yes, it wasn't uh, like a Dragon or console exclusive for Xbox. No, it was, um, it was a next gen exclusive, like the next gen. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I was gonna say there's some sort really of exclusivity. Yeah, there was like right. the Series X version was out was out first, and then the PS5 right. version was out for like a little bit later, a couple months later. Okay. Yeah, so they had a really strong relationship, uh, Microsoft and Sega. So that's good to see. Um, and you want to get into thing... that now? No, no, we can get into it later when we get into the Atlas right. announcements. Um, next thing up is we had a Fallout 76 update trailer for Atlantic City. No date, just coming soon. Uh, every time I think about this game, I get really upset. So, uh, Benji, you just go ahead and take over for this, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't play Fallout. Let's just move over. Uh, Path of the Goddess. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just really hate Fallout 76. I no, no yeah, I'm kind of in the same camp. Uh, uh, like, I'm just surprised it's still alive. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, Path of the Goddess. This was the Capcom that they showed off. No date, but they did reveal Game Pass. Uh, Dark, what did you think about this one? I was utterly confused in what I was watching. I, mean, I loved every bit of it. I think yeah. that's the best way to describe that trailer. Uh, I, I don't know. It looks cool. Capcom hasn't missed like whatsoever as of late, so I'm excited for it. Did anyone else think it was like my first thought? Okay, just me. I had Okami vibes. <laughs> I'm like, I know this isn't Okami, but damn, does it look like Okami? 
Yeah, kind of got very much Japanese mythology. I'm a sucker for that aesthetic. Um, yeah, no, this is definitely going to keep my eyes on. I thought we were going to get game more gameplay at the Capcom showcase. <laughs> we'll go over like, that one later. Nah. I thought it was um, interesting, uh, real quick, that, uh, like, yeah, I don't have much of a history with, with Capcom IP. So I, I was like racking. I was like, okay, I only know two IP, and it's not these two. So what is this? But I think this just goes back to just the strong, unique showing that Xbox had, where it, like, you know, I, I know a lot of people who maybe only play, like, uh, Gears or uh, Forza or Halo maybe didn't like it, but I think it, it drew in a lot of people who are willing, especially with Game Pass, it's like, okay, this is crazy, and I have no idea what it is. Let me try it, and, and maybe I'll like it. Um, but I will say, on gameplay-wise, from some of the shots I saw, I almost want to say it was a tactics game, which is crazy to say. Um, but I, I like that's a stretch. <laughs> it, it like there it. are certain like things where it's like it it seems very in sync and like yeah I don't I, I don't know I'm totally speculating but I yeah I for whatever I like reason I get a tactics it, vibe. If you look at the trailer right now, see if it says it's it like a genre. Yeah. Like they would have said something about it if it was a tactics game. Capcom strong, so it was very much like hack and slash. True. When it comes to gameplay like that, at least. I feel like if it really was a tactics, it would have been a big deal that they would have been like shoving down your throat. Like, hey, exactly. we're making a tactics game. It could be wrong. There. Um, next game up is Microsoft's uh, other big game for the year, Forza Motorsport. Uh, do any of us play Forza? I'm not actually certain. I play Horizon. I play about five minutes of Horizon of the last Horizon game. <laughs> and no, no motorsport fans here. I prefer motorsport over Horizon, but um, it's just another car game. So <laughs> I think it's interesting uh, to kind of piggyback off of more of the extended, sh- or no, this wasn't even in the extended showcase. It was it just randomly came out. I think the same day, the single player uh, kind of more story. I don't even know what they called it. Just single player campaign. Um, I play the last motorsport I played was five. Uh, cause I, it's kind of the same way of flight sim where it's like, sure. I can do these events, but it doesn't feel like I really have an objective other than win the race. And there wasn't really a sense of progression or, or really a, a evolving experience. It just kind of felt like, okay, I'm moving to this spot and winning this race. Okay, next kind of thing. Um, whereas that that single player campaign trailer was interesting because I don't think it's at the level that uh, Gran Turismo Seven is. I think they do a really good job of um, kind of getting in the casual player. Um, but what's interesting here is like uh the xp like you get xp for like turns one through three doing it faster than the last time you raced it and like they're 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 very much trying to pit it as okay yeah you have this race but like practice is important and qualifying is important and your what you put on your car is important and you'll get rewarded for paying attention to that and 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 that sense of progression so um yeah, I mean, it, it's a car game, and, and I don't know if I'll stick with it, but I like what they're doing here, because my thing with Horizon is that there's definitely that feel of, okay, I'm I'm building up this festival, I'm building up my reputation, here's this big race, and um, I'm glad that the motorsport game is starting to adapt to that. 
Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, moving on. Uh, actually, we... going back to uh, Path of the Goddess real quick as I looked it up. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, so it is described, they described it during the Capcom showcase that it is a single player action RPG. Yeah. Uh, they describe the story a little bit, which is just, it it's almost sounds like a action RPG Last of Us. Because it's like nature fighting back is what the story is. Um, the spirits are angry with you for trashing their mountain. And they also confirmed it's on the RE engine because, of course, everything's on the RE engine. It, it, everything's on the RE engine. <laughs> yeah, that thing can run so on a toaster. It is like I, one of the best engines. <laughs> visually, I thought that I thought that game looked insane. I don't know. It I don't did. Know if yeah. It was just me, but like when I was watching it, I was like, "Dude, this game." Oh yeah, look. Yeah, it's got some flair. Yeah. Um, I want to pass through these next two pretty quickly. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online Necrom update. June 20th to say there. Uh, Overwatch 2 update. August 10th. We'll talk more about Overwatch 2 later. There was some news uh, relating to the PvE and everything uh, pricing-wise. There. Quick trailer there. Uh, Persona 5 Tactica. This was another thing that was uh, leaked early. Uh, Dark, what did you think about this? We got data for November 17th. I thought it looked incredible. I'm always down for more uh, Fire Emblem-esque tactic games. And, you know, Persona, the, Persona 5 especially is a massive IP, so I'm not surprised. I don't Hype for it. Yeah, it's uh, definitely. It, it also um, was a Game Pass title, if I remember correctly. I don't. Yeah, think everything is coming to Game Pass except for Metaphor, which isn't confirmed for Game Pass yet. But that game doesn't even have a date. So, yeah. Um, and I guess yeah. No, I, I, I I'm kind of that same thing. I love Fire Emblem. I love Persona. Combine them both. It looks great. I, I'll be honest. I'm not the biggest fan of the chibi art style. It's just. It's just not the art style for me. That's really all it is to it, personally. It is funny that they of... went back to that art style because they ditched it after the 3DS with the uh, Persona feel... Q games. I feel like because it's easier. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it most likely it was. Easier game to like kind of put out there. Like Not like they're just like putting it out, forcing it out, but more so like you know they want something like that can have a quicker turnaround than something like a quicker Persona turnaround and something takes. to stand out from like the rest yeah. of the Persona line. Because you look at Strikers... Unless you're watching like direct gameplay and you know it's like one of those Muso beat 'em up games, like how do you distinguish Strikers from Persona Five regular? So I was like, I think they wanted to go with another art style to like distinguish. Hey, here's a here's Persona Five, but it's a spinoff. Here's our tactics spinoff, and here's why it's look this is why it looks different. And we're gonna reuse the art and style of the Q games from the 3DS. Um, next thing, we got a Starfield trailer, kind of more like a hype trailer to get us ready for the Starfield Direct later on. We're going to talk a lot more about Starfield later, so I just thought I'd mention like, they did show like a nice little sizzle trailer. Very, very exciting. I, <laughs> we got a lot to talk about with that one. Uh, uh, next game was just Sant. This is a Dawn game. Fall 2023, Game Pass, kind of the climbing of Uncharted, you know, very cool art style. Fusion, did you have any thoughts about this? This seems like uh, up your alley. Um, honestly, not 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 much. It, it looked cool, but do you do you know who's making it? I don't Donut. Oh, don't know. Oh, yeah. Duh. Does Donut um, have a couple studios? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they are. yeah well, they're a pretty big studio, but yeah, I do think they have like multiple branches because they're yeah. putting out a lot of stuff right now. They just put out a yeah. game. They just right. put out a Reverie right now, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, cool. I, I like the art style, and it looks like it looks like a cozy game, and I'm in the cozy game. So like, we'll see. We'll see if the whole entire like thing's just climbing. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see yeah, how that goes. We'll see yeah, how, how long it holds your attention. Yeah, that's what I mean. Hopefully, it's a short. Like, it gives me short vibes, like a five hour game, which yeah. like, it's cool. I I like Don't Nod, so I'm I'm down with it. Mm-hmm. 
If they don't yeah. do a tie-in with Hannah Mo- or Miley Cyrus's <laughs> "It's the Climb," like if that's not the yeah. credits music, then this is a whiff, in my opinion. One hundred percent agree. Yeah. Uh, it, they, need... Real quick, Don't Nod has two studios. Ah, okay. okay. When are they, they making probably... Life is Strange again? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> no, Life is Strange got taken over by Deck Nine. Yeah, oh, no, the, yeah, I, yeah. I, I actually prefer Deck Nine, Life is Strange game, so, but. I seem to be a lot more comfortable with the IP. I still need to play True Colors. So good. Uh, next thing, we got Still Wakes the Deep. Uh, kind of got a very quick trailer, early 2024, Game Pass title. Uh, looked interesting, kind of like a horror game on like an oil rig. I love the vibes, but we didn't really get it hoping for. Did anyone have any thoughts on this one? It's a stereotypical yeah, I, horror game. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. I need to rewatch it because I'm getting fun. this confused with uh, Under the Waves because I watched yeah, that trailer. A lot of too. people are. <laughs> so, yeah, so I need to watch like both trailers to like make sure I can figure out which one's which. This is the oil rig one. Okay. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I mean, it's you know, we know nothing basically, but. Um, next thing up was Dungeons of Hinterburg. I'll be honest, I thought this was Hi Fi Rush at first. And uh, when they actually showed it off, I, I was unfairly disappointed. And I'll be honest, they got a date early 2024, Game Pass. A very neat art style, little indie game. I, I didn't really get much out of it, though, I'll be honest. I was fairly disappointed <laughs> just because uh, I really like cell shading when it's done well. And I think cell shading and max uh contrast and and color everything it actually i think uh it was andy cortez said it made his eyes hurt and i'm right there with him i like yeah. i think it's a cool game but i the art is like genuine genuinely like making it a struggle to watch yeah i feel you um I'll next thing i watch it because i did not get that at all granted i've never been one to be bothered by stuff like that so yeah, usually I'm not because like I like Borderlands. I loved Hi-Fi Rush. Um, I actually had the same problem with Project Sable, that indie Game Pass game last year. Something about it, like when everything is kind of that cell shaded, almost not stop motion, but they cut frames. It to me, it's just a, a very specific uh, critique, and I don't want to be too harsh on the game. It just yeah, yeah. Uh, next thing, Keanu Reeves. He's back, baby. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I thought Idris Elba would uh, show up for Cyberpunk, but I guess he was busy. Uh, so I guess Keanu Reeves like, I schedule. So he showed up, kind of introducing uh, Phantom Liberty, the new trailer we got here, September 26th date. Um, Fusion, I know you um, have a big uh, spot for CD Projekt Red games. Did this do anything for you? Yeah, it just it just makes me more excited to actually try Cyberpunk when it's all like flushed together and phantom liberties like all in the they'll probably come out with like the game of the year edition that every game comes out with even though they don't win game of the year and like a big collection of like the dlc and all that <laughs> probably when, when i'll jump in but i think i've seen a couple of people like jez on twitter talk about how like they're underselling how like important this expansion is with like how yeah. much they're overhauling with like the actual base game like they're overhauling so much with this dlc and i feel like we haven't gotten like cd project red has been verbally saying that but i thought the trailer was great xbox continues to have like the marketing for the game so that's good for them because even with the rough launch that game's still important video games right now xbox yeah, only has point... the marketing for uh cd pr games yeah yeah me too um 
undersell it honestly because like we saw what happened if they oversell a game with how it launched so this is kind of a situation quick, where i feel like they're a lot more yeah go ahead uh the so i did pull up uh vgc's article on what they're actually uh, changing because i so i'm and we'll kind of get to this later i've been playing cyberpunk 2077 for my my third attempt at, at playing this game uh and uh what's interesting here is that so they're redoing perks and skill trees they've added vehicle combat while you're driving which it's crazy the game didn't come with it um which so now they'll actually have like police chases or, or car chases where you're not just in the passenger seat um they've greatly expanded the ai and the police system um uh, multiple levels with multiple archetypes of enemies who chase you, so it kind of sounds like more uh, like uh, GTA and and I don't know any game with with police where they kind of up the ante. Um, redone the the loop and whole progression of the game, UI, UX, loot, um, but the main thing being AI improvements. So um, that definitely is exciting, um, but for me, uh, and are you gonna restart? No, so yeah, so that's people have asked me like, "Hey, why are you playing it now? Aren't they just completely changing any everything?" Yeah. And and my thing is that one, funny enough, uh, I've modded the hell out of my PC version of the game to add like stuff like vehicle combat, better police AI. Um, one of the ones that it's actually broken since I've come back to it, which sucks because it was in the earlier version of the game I played. They had flying cars. And let me tell you, Night City, when you can fly around it, is so much cooler. And I wish they would add that to the that game. That sounds awesome. It yeah, is so cool. Um, but my and and actually, uh, my thoughts are kind of similar to uh, what uh, Jeff Grubb's initial review of this game. And I got to give him props because he stuck his uh, flag in this game on launch when everyone was hyping it up. And it's just the game is still window dressing for me or, or set dressing or window shopping, whatever. It's hollow uh, is my thing. And especially uh, with like Starfield and the amount of things you can interact with and the fact that I can't go into a building in Cyberpunk unless it is a shop or you can't even like talk to uh, like uh, the like uh most of the vendors and stuff unless they specifically have an icon like it i'm glad they're still updating the game it's just not what i wanted specifically out of an rpg that's fair yeah that, i'm hoping like that, that's my hope is once i jump into it i'm getting like the definitive version of where like it's always weird when like people have like there's people who really like cyberpunk but then you have the people who are just like lower on it and once the game like kind of like no man's sky in a way where once a game becomes something totally different like three years later and someone like me jumps in for the first time and like i'm like say i fall in love with it and i'm like this is one of my favorite rpgs ever and then you have like the side where it's like they never got to see the game at that point right. so I'm, I'm just hoping once i jump in it's like a totally new like experience and what they envisioned the first time when it was supposed to launch so my advice would be when you do jump in, because I do like I, I I don't want to downplay it. this game is beautiful, especially if you can play it on PC with ray tracing. Um, it is so gorgeous. Like I've taken more screenshots in this game than any other game I've ever played, and 
the phono mode is is pretty good. Uh, but personally, I would say unless you really need to grind for money, just stick to side quests and main missions because that's like once you really get out of the surface level of the story, because the side quests are great and the main missions are great, but like don't really dive too much deep into like the unless you got a really good podcast you need to listen to, don't really go into like the grunt work or the 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 kind of grindy stuff because it's very mundane. Okay. Alright, so moving on from Cyberpunk, we got City Skylines 2. Um, this is one of the trailers. I could tell that there was a lot of good stuff in there. I just couldn't actually tell what was different from City Skylines 1. Um, October 24th date, Game Pass. Has anyone played City Skylines 1 and tell me what was new? Good I to have. hear, okay. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> I, I, hey, I am happy for the City Skylines fans. We are not like City Elders. <laughs> I, I want to play it. It looks fun. It's, I, I loved SimCity 4. It's a really I'm too dumb for those games. I, I tried playing a coaster, game. and it's like, I can make one coaster and maybe one little themed section. Do not ask me to make anything more than that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, City Skylines. The big one, next one, is Metaphor Refantasio. This is the game done by the uh, old Persona studio. Uh, this was originally revealed as Project Zero long, long time ago. Uh, director of Persona 3, 4, and 5. We had uh, Shoji Maguro, who's the composer of this, uh, oh, the Persona 3, 4, and 5. Uh, there was also, I have not seen a lot of people talk about this. There was a showcase announced for this game uh, for June 20th. So <laughs> that's that's been undercovered. But um, this is all you, man. Go ahead. This was the biggest highlight for me of the showcase for multiple reasons. This feels like this kind of feels like the Persona team Starfield when like something that they wanted to do but never had the chance to. Because it feels like they're really just letting all their ideas out into the wild with us. It's very much like a, I don't know. I don't know. You like like it. feels like they're getting a lot of Kingdom Hearts elements with this. Oh no! With the <laughs> world world comparisons and stuff. <laughs> Just a lot of the concepts and ideas that they have is really interesting, and given the Persona team, I'm just really excited to see where they go with this. Well, it's interesting to see, like, in the trailer, you can already see the Persona DNA in it. Like, you have the social links with them, like, shaking hands, so obviously you're, like, making bonds, so you're gonna have, like, those social link stories. You saw, like, him reading books and doing other things, so obviously you're gonna be doing that stuff to, like, raise your stats. So it's just interesting to see, like, how much Persona is already, and this isn't just this one trailer. Okay, there's a lot more than that too. Um, I did a like a super analysis of it, of like a couple of days after it came out. <clears throat> the different locations in the game all have their own unique weather systems, so Ooh. it could be like Persona where different events happen depending on the weather. Uh, this seems like they're going all out with this game. I mean, this I, I I'm pretty much right there with you. I thought this trailer was phenomenal. This would have been my game of the show, but uh, a certain space game showed up at the end. <laughs> um, there is something I want to talk about. Oh yeah, go for it. There's like a hot take sort of. I am very happy with how Xbox is handling their relationship with Sega Atlas. Right there with in you. comparison with other companies when it comes to exclusivity and stuff like that. Xbox is showing that they can have these games, they can have these deals, but they are not making it exclusive, which I think is amazing without like people being able to play games and enjoy these games unlike sony and square enix where sony basically has square enix locked down and nobody else besides them and pc months later can play those games it's just something i think is really nice to see i just have one yeah. question um Go for it. you said this, this you said this was 
the dev team doing like persona that did the other personas, right? Uh, the director. Yeah. Okay, so like what? I think there was, persona, persona Six is gonna happen, I assume. So it's like, is that a different Probably theme the director of the next Persona? Okay, so, the director of Persona Five Royal. Yeah, so oh, uh, so is is Royal director different than Persona Five? Royal's or? director is different from original. After original Persona Five came out, the director left and started working on this, and so Royal had a different director so like the new dungeon and everything like a lot of the new story elements in royal were done by a new director and i'd argue that it was just the exact same quality as persona 5 base game if better so i think that's one of those things where like i trust like whatever that team does with persona 6 okay that ain't, i was yeah that's i was just a little confused on who was gonna make the next persona oh, yeah. six or whatever. um i guess that's pretty much everything on refantasio like that or a metaphor. Not a fan of the name, though. The, yeah, I was about to say that name is terrible. <laughs> like, yeah. just leave it as metaphor. Just leave it as metaphor. Why do you need this refantasy? I feel like. I mean, oh, no, no, you can finish. I was just gonna say it just feels like it's left over from its original uh, prototype name, which was Refantasy. Like, pro- its original like working name was Project Refantasy, and it just feels like this. Just feels like okay. Here's how we let the hardcore nerds who have been following us for like five years know this is Project Refantasy. We're going to call it Refantasio, but here's the real name. It's Metaphor. Yeah, getting into the, the whole metaphor thing, I feel like they're really going to be like, this is in your face. You're going to know that they're talking about metaphors and stuff. Because it seems like the premise of the game is that heaven in this universe is our world. <laughs> We're kind of taking it for granted, it seems like. It's a weird plot that they're going with. I feel like they're just going to shove that metaphor title and theme inside your face. I believe this is game. also oh, kind of jarring. The, like, the, <laughs> a lot of the character animations looks less Persona, more Fire Emblem. Like, there is one guy, I swear, it looks like he, they ripped him right out of Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, no, it looks a lot more... I, I do love the fantasy aesthetic. I want to say that. Like, it is genuinely beautiful. I think It's just game... nice that they're not teenagers, nice. or at least some of the party. It looks like your main character is still a teenager. <laughs> We did it, baby. <laughs> the main characters aren't teenagers. They're 19. <laughs> uh, next game shown off, we got Towerborn. Uh, this is a 2024-day game pass. This was originally Project Bell. You guys have uh, been keeping up. It, it it was a pretty cool trailer. Nice-looking game. Uh, Bob, did you have any... Uh, uh, Benji, uh, did you have any opinions on this? That's okay. I go back and forth between the two names. Uh... <laughs> Uh yeah, no, I I so I've never played um oh, now that games escaping me. What's the is it Banner uh, Saga? Banner Saga, yeah. I've never played those games. I've also never played Cross, uh, Castle Crashers. Played a lot of other Oof. Xbox 360 arcade games, but uh, I guess I got to go back to that one. But I like the idea. Um I, I thought it looked good, it presented well. Um and this is a second party relationship, right? Like this isn't Stoic isn't. Yeah. Yeah, they're not part it, of they're not on Xbox. So, you know, that's another great relationship and I think um coming to Game Pass like getting, you know, your friends, you know, to to play with you. So it it reminded me a lot of uh, Shredder's Revenge where it's like, cool. I don't have to really convince my friends that hard to play it because we have Game Pass and it's just like, all right, let's try it out. So. No, I mean, that is Go ahead. Oh, like we're not gonna talk about how you just said you'd never played Castle Crashers before. Yeah, listen, I have a lot. I have either. So I have a lot of blind spots. Castle Crashers and Battle Block Theater are like two. You have those are like must play games in my opinion. They are so fantastic for what they were. 
Yeah, I haven't played uh, Battle Block Theater. I, I also disappointed Dark today. You would love <laughs> Battle Block Theater. No like, Battle Block Theater is up your ass. Hey, Listen, Dark, I was a Call of Duty and Madden gamer growing up, so like you have to cut me some slack. I I am still catching up so much on so many things. If you want some of the most creative and most fun, like old school ouch co-op, and even like online co-op now, just like raw fun side-scrolling games, go play those titles. Especially right, Battle Block Theater. They're on the yeah, list. There's definitely, yeah, no, Castle Crashers is a classic. I love that game. So, uh, something similar to that, you know, I, I, I think uh, Banner Saga, I've also heard a lot of great things for, uh, across that trilogy. So, yeah, we'll definitely see what um, they got cooking over there. This has been a long time coming. I honestly expected it to be this year, but 2024, I, I, I assume probably early 2024. They're What's also waiting. interesting is during the extended showcase, we learned that this is pretty much a live service game. This is a game that they. Or like wanting, you're going to be constantly get updates from the game for like new characters, new abilities, new bosses, new areas to go to. So it, this is a game you're going to continually keep coming back to to like grind out the areas or whatever else you're working on. Like just call it a battle pass right now because we have no idea what it is. But they did talk about how like this is a game that's going to be supported for a good long while. Yeah, that's All exciting. Right. Um, and then we got the last game before the, um, the what's it called? Phil Spencer appeared and graced us with his presence. Uh, Clockwork Revolution. This is the In Exile game. Uh, In Exile, the developers of Wasteland 3. I thought this trailer was phenomenal. I am out of my mind excited for this game. Moon, I think you were talking about this quite a bit. Uh, what did you think of this trailer? Yeah, outside of the Atlas stuff, this is my game of the show. Uh, mainly just because of the Bioshock Infinite aesthetic, which I am a Bioshock Infinite apologist or stand or whatever you want to call me. Like I will defend that game to the ends of the earth. Um, so just giving me that steampunky uh, sort of vibe or, or like old Americana kind of twist on it. Like I will always be there for those kinds of games. And uh, I can't remember who it was. It was someone on Twitter on the team calling this like an old crunchy RPG. So not only is this a cool steampunk old Americana uh, shooter, but it's also like a full-on RPG as well instead of a straight shooter like Bioshock was. So it's, I'm hyped, and but of course this also seems like one of those games alongside of like Fable where this game's not coming out for a long time. Oh yeah, I mean this sets in due time. Like this tells me that's this is 2025. <laughs> um, I guess Fusion, you love your RPGs. What did you think of this trailer? Yeah, I thought I thought the trailer was really, really good. Actually, I saw some people not liking the vibes for some reason. I don't know. That's just because they hate Twitter. Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, I guess maybe the Bioshock Infinite haters. I haven't got to Bioshock yet, so I don't I don't know all that. But I thought the trailer was really good, and the next time was awesome. They make awesome games, so like I'm totally yeah. on board. My thing is like, does this or Perfect Dark come out first? Who knows? <laughs> like. I think this comes out first, honestly. Perfect Dark seems a lot further than we thought. But I like, I like the, I thought the, like the the whole time loop, where like there was one part in the trailer where like a bridge and a building collapse, and like she shoots her like like time gun basically, and it like re like yeah. reappears, it rebuilds. I thought that was super sick. I so I, I think I think if they nail the mechanics and like the gunplay and stuff, it's gonna be really good. But we don't have much to go off of right now. Yeah, time loops in general are like my favorite thing ever. So that's why I love Death Loops so much. So just 
seeing those time loop mechanics, that idea of like a bad future. I want to see those RPG, like my decisions affecting everything I do. I think in exile are, have clearly proven their track record. You see a lot of the devs on Twitter very much excited. Chad Moore, I think he's actually the director of this game. He is very much excited about it. He's been tweeting a lot about this game. Benji, did you have any thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, I, I absolutely am with you guys. I think this looks awesome. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one who hasn't played Bioshock, so I'm, you know, I'm not just constantly hey, uh, only disappointing people <laughs> in here. Hold on, I'm going to keep you both played. right now, just for a second. No, no, I'm going <laughs> to play. I, I just, I just got them on Steam, so like, hopefully yeah, I don't yeah. like PC. I jump into them. Uh, but I, I also, I will say, I want that. Um, that treadmill red carpet that that guy was walking on that looked <laughs> super sick. I want one of those. Um, but uh, yeah, my, my big thing here is one uh, wasteland three. That's an XL, right? I'm pretty sure. Yes, yeah. yeah wasteland yeah. Three. That game is so underrated as an RPG. Um, and I really do think, and uh, it's a completely different style of game. Um, it's more top down. Uh, not necessarily. I think it is turn based. Yeah, it's like um, turn-based, like tactical almost. Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, the the options and, and choice in that game are, are so good, and I don't think that game gets talked about enough. My big thing with this trailer, though, is, and we'll kind of, I guess, talk about it uh, here with the Phil section, is why did they not have Phil come on first? This is exactly what say, I was about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, say the stuff and then be like, here's our one big thing, like, because you already told people the Starfield Direct's coming. And maybe yeah, he says the Star... But, like, yeah, this should have been the one last thing. Maybe, yeah. I, bad as it sounds, maybe they just don't think, like, the one next thing and then you show an Exile logo, like, is enough. Cause I yeah, feel especially like, being, like, a new IP. Yeah, and I would say... I, I don't think XL, you can really get away with a new IP enough. being, like, the one last thing. Like, when people hear one last thing, they're expecting, like... Banjo Kazooie coming back or something like that. Like it's got to be something like mind blowing, or like just like something coming back. It has to be a big deal when you use that phrase. Like one more thing. In yeah. Phil's defense, I feel like, and we'll get into this with what Starfield is showing. I don't think there yeah. is a better title that fits the the one last thing than Starfield. Sure, I, it just felt weird from a pacing perspective. Mm-hmm. I feel like he just shouldn't have said it and just like I, went into it. Yeah, the way Phil kind of like led it on was almost like, uh, and then to end it off, it's like, all right, here we go. We got the Starfield right. Oh, yeah, the thing we okay, knew already. Cool. <laughs> all right, awesome. It's yeah. kind of the same thing with Spider-Man uh, from a few weeks ago when like when yeah. PlayStation's finisher was Spider-Man, and we're like, you, yeah, like we don't. Where we Jim Ryan came great. on, yeah, Jim Ryan did the same thing. He came on with like blah blah blah. Let's start, and now we're gonna show you like Spider-Man. It's like. Your one well, I next sure hope thing, so. Yeah, that's, like, what I mean. that's what we all came for. Your one next thing shouldn't be a thing we know that's there. So. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, he did come out on stage, talked a little bit, and then mentioned how we heard your feedback about the Xbox Series S not having enough uh, storage, so buy a new one with a one terabyte release day for september 1st just in time for starfield i just thought this kind of funny because the way he said it is like yeah we know extended storage is definitely an issue so buy a new one (laughs) yeah and and given the the file sizes uh of like if you i mean spoiler alert i think steam already put uh starfield at 125 gigs 
Okay. Uh, so it's like if you download that Halo and like Forza Horizon, you're out of storage on the Series S. <laughs> so like, dude, you you kind of need uh, a little bit more, but uh, yeah. Plus, you know, the black uh, people like their color options too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then as we alluded to earlier, Phil goes into the Starfield Direct, hands it over to Bethesda, everything from there. Um, so I wanted to go down everything in Starfield one by one, but we are already very over time. Right at hour <laughs> so, forty-five. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, we cannot go through everything revealed. So I guess I'll just immediately ask, what did you guys think of Starfield? Like uh, Benj, uh, Benji, I know you've been talking a lot about this game. How are you feeling? I'm I'm so excited. Uh, to to keep it as brief as I can, I think um, a that watch is sick, and all of the yeah. accessories they've done so far are are sick. Uh, and I'm glad that Bethesda is now working with Xbox, so Xbox knows that they go to the right canvas bag distributor. Uh, so we don't <laughs> have another seventy six <laughs> uh, fiasco. So I I trust that the 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 actual stuff will be good. But anyways, about the about the game. Um going back to what I said about Cyberpunk being hollow, I think this is exactly what I want in a space exploration video game. I think uh what is it NASA Punk style NASA Punk, that yep. is that is such a, an amazing aesthetic. Yes, because it's it very much reminds me of like old school Star Wars where it's like, okay, yes, the concept of an X-wing itself is unrealistic, but it looks like something you could make. And yeah. it's not just smooth lines and neon, you know, and and magic, new tech. Function uh, over looks, style. Right. Um and uh the the game and I know this is going to be actually Moon may relate to this. Um for whatever reason, the whole just idea of Starfield and the kind of uh, style they're going for reminds me of like 1980s Epcot and like mm-hmm. their vision of the future, where yeah. like retro it's, futurism. Yeah, it's just I love that so much, and I do Damn. love. I'm a big Disney fan, and I do love like old school Epcot and just how wrong they were in the funniest of ways <laughs> of predicting mm-hmm. the future. Um, but yeah, I just. The detail, the style, um, you're, we're still getting an RPG with, I, I have no doubt, plenty of story um, and, and branches and, and factions and, and everything you, you come to know about a Bethesda game. But man, I also am excited as a Mass Effect 1 um, defender. Give me a barren planet that I'm still going to explore and maybe find the one cool thing that was worth it. And even if not, I got some resources and I'll go to the next planet. I will be exploring every single planet in this game. And I could not be happier. I'm pretty much right there with you 100%. This is easily my most anticipated game. I bought the watch like an idiot. I bought the controller like an idiot because I just love Bethesda games. Skyrim is my second favorite video game of all time. That game changed my life, and Fallout 4, I am a Fallout 4 defender. I think that game is amazing. The less we talk about 76, the better, but I truly think looking at this whole presentation sold me in a way that I wasn't sold before, where I was pretty much cautiously optimistic of Starfield. Now I'm just fully optimistic, and I trust Bethesda will hit this. I think, Benji, you were talking very heavily about the RPG mechanics. This was also my biggest disappointment with Cyberpunk. I was so excited for the idea of creating like a role-playing character, like really creating a backstory for my character in Cyberpunk, and it felt like nothing 
of that mattered. This is the exact opposite. They showed off traits, which was honestly the thing that might be my favorite thing they showed off. Just the idea of, you know, the adoring fan from Oblivion alone, like that cool little touch or like, you know, the idea that you're, you still have your parents and you can still visit them. Oh, you're wanted, you're a bounty hunter, like stuff like this that allows you to really, you know, go back to that classic D&D style character sheets, putting everything down, like your backstory, all that. I love, like you said, the NASA punk style is incredible. It's just everything I see about this game just makes me say, how is this possible? And that's the exact things I want to say. Of course, there's, you know, racism around the game. I understand it, but I am fully 100% in. This is my most anticipated game. This is the most excited I've been for a game since Elden Ring. That game delivered. I hope I'm two for two at this point. Um, Fusion, I know you were actually really excited about this game too. How did you feel about the Direct? I I can't believe a game that I was already extremely excited for made me like even more excited. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. that entire Direct, I was just like, they just kept showing me everything I wanted to see. It was just like, oh, I wish it, like, I was sitting there, I'm like, dude, I hope, like, I'm able to bring, like, crewmates into the ship, and, like, aside, next thing I know, they're on, they're showing it on the screen. It's, like, everything I was thinking of, it's, like, Bethesda went back and was, like, they just said yes to every idea. Like, they were just sitting in front of a board, and they just were, like, throwing out ideas, they're, like, yes, yeah, and it was just, like, this game, as someone who loves space RPGs and Mass Effect, especially Mass Effect 1, I just want, I just want Starfield even if it doesn't, even if we never get a sequel, I want Starfield to create a universe where it's just like, I want to be obsessed with your world and your lore and like the thing that Mass Effect 1 does so well, where they have like, it has the best world building in that entire trilogy in my opinion, because like, the way Mass Effect 1 builds the world and like the exploration you do is like, I want that from Starfield just on a bigger, grander like Bethesda scale, and I think if they can deliver that, like I'm not going to throw a game of the generation, but like this is the most important Xbox game maybe of all time. Like yeah. this is there. This feels like this could be the absolute turning point where it's like you see Starfield, you think Xbox and people are going out and buying Xboxes and getting PCs for this game. It seems like just a big deal. I haven't been this excited about a game since Cyberpunk, and I was burnt on that one. <laughs> so <laughs> let's hopefully not be burnt here. But like, hey, don't don't curse this one, okay, Fusion? Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, because like, there's there's gonna be its issues, but I like I can't believe this game's real, and I I think since that direct, I've thought about it every single day. Oh, at some man. point, like, I just I'm just randomly like, I can't believe Starfield's coming, and it's just I don't know. It's it's gonna be great. It just hits you. It's like, damn, that game. I'm going to be playing it in three months. That just doesn't sound real, you know? <laughs> I, pro- I probably won't play that long, sadly. So. <laughs> uh, I, can't, Dark, I can't do the 30 good? FPS. Uh, well, I mean, we'll get into that later. Uh, Dark, what did you think of the presentation? I thought it was incredible, like you guys said. It just really feels like Bethesda is finally get, getting a chance to like fully spread their wings and show like what else they have besides Elder Scrolls and Fallout. And it's incredible to see. That's good to hear. Um, I, one last thing I do want to uh, point out: um, the Starfield Special Edition controller and headset. Uh, obviously, I got the controller. I didn't get the headset. Um, Benji, did you get the controller? Uh, I got the controller, and um, I have the already the default, like the the Xbox headset that the Starfield Edition is based off of. 
um, and I honestly don't even use it anymore. Um, so I, I skipped on the headset, but I don't know if you know about the features on it, but they are very cool. Oh, yeah, no, it's pretty sick. Um, and then a small thing, Premium Edition comes with five days early access, as well as the Shattered Space Story expansion. Bethesda games always get a DLC. I think that's not really surprising that they want to sell it beforehand. And also, this is just something I really wanted to point out. I found this quote interesting. <laughs> Uh, with the, at the very end, they were talking about like, oh, this is my favorite part about Starfield for each of the developers. This one guy at the very end just said his favorite part of the game is the ending. And I got to ask, what is he talking about? <laughs> I've been thinking about that phrase the whole time. <laughs> like, what crazy shit is going to happen at the ending? Because like, I mean, Bethesda games have like decent endings. But like this guy's saying his favorite part is the ending. I, I, I want to know what he's cooking. That's, uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I think, uh, I mean, if, if we actually want to take guesses here, um, I mean, I imagine it's like an, like you're the boss fight of like an, the actual alien species you go and oh, encounter. Yeah. I hope, if I, hope I had to guess, I mean, hope it's a cliffhanger for a second game. Which ending is he talking about? Because yeah, true, oh, true, yeah, true. most of yeah. the games have like four to five endings. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe it's like a what's it called Mass Effect Three, where none of your choices matter, and it's just a th- you know what that, that's that's, that's, not, that's not true. That's not yeah. true. Well, real quick, I think it's worth pointing yeah. out too. Um, something Xbox has been doing a lot uh, is these physical upgrades uh, or like mm-hmm. upgrade add-ons, especially for like to I guess entice Game Pass users because was it thirty five dollars? Um, the physical upgrade gets you like the steelbook or a, or a patch. Um, yeah. And then the same early access in the DLC. That is the smartest thing they have done. Uh, I think they started with Forza Horizon Five. I could be wrong, but that was that was the first time I used it. Um, For the where it's, uh, early access, just like an add-on where you can. Oh, yeah. I already have Game Pass. I did not buy the game. I'm going to play it through Game Pass, but I now have the option to upgrade to the special edition. Um, not the collector's edition, but the you know the special edition. Oh um, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and like and and so for Xbox, that's such a smart move because it's like okay, we already have you for Game Pass, and we're still getting. It's not going to be the full sixty dollars, but we're still getting thirty five extra money. You know. Yeah, and I and I think it it worked with Forza Horizon Five. That's the only one I know we got numbers on where the leaderboard, the like almost the hour before the game launched for everybody. I think there were 4 million people playing. So you either had to buy that upgrade or you had to buy the special edition. I think 4 million people pre-launch is pretty impressive for a racing game, let alone what Starfield could potentially do. So, Yeah, no, I mean, like, we talk, we can talk about it all day, but, like, we clearly, (laughs) we're still on the first news story. I just want to mention that real quick. (laughs) But, um, yeah, there were some extra details I want to bring up real quick. I'm just going to bring up both of them at once uh first of all uh starfield you alluded to this earlier benji will run 30 fps on xbox series x and s director confirms in an interview with ign todd howard oh i should mention this is from uh chris scullion over at vgc uh in an interview with ign todd howard stated that the game runs at full 4k resolution on series x and 1440p on series but that frame rate has been locked to 30 FPS. I think it'll come as no surprise, given our previous games, what we go for, Howard explained in the interview. Always these huge open worlds, fully dynamic, hyper detail where anything can happen. And we don't want to do that. It's 4K on the X, it's 1440 on the S. We do lock it at 30 FPS because we want that fidelity. We want all that stuff. We don't want to sacrifice any of it. 
Um, and then another um, article that came out as well, uh, Jordan Midler, uh, VGC, kind of did a cool write-up. Starfield has the fewest bugs of any Bethesda game Xbox has claimed. Uh, quote, uh, start quote, we have an awful lot of people internally playing Starfield, uh, working with Todd and the team. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Matt Booty told Giant Bomb. I see bug counts and just by numbers, if it shipped today, Starfield would already have the fewest bugs of any Bethesda game ever shipped. Um, Benji, what is your thoughts on both those? Um, I, yeah, what, I think most people were already expecting uh, 30 FPS and, and just how Todd Howard talks about uh, games. I think this was to be expected. He definitely has a creative vision that is more about fidelity and I think almost equally as important, uh, you know, the cups and the sandwiches that we saw in the trailer and all of those small details stack up. And um, while I think the next-gen consoles have definitely ignited the 60 versus 30 debate, um, I, I'm on the side of, even though I'm playing it on PC because I do want a higher frame rate, um, I, I also am not entirely sure that my rig will be able to do 60 at uh, 1440p. I hope so. Um, but uh, I think with Zelda, like I think people have forgotten that like 30-frame games can be good. And like uh, even for like a, an FPS, a shooter, an action game, they can be good too because I thought Zelda. I really didn't mind Zelda being at thirty because it just it still felt good. I think frame consistency is more important than just seeing a number, whether it be thirty or sixty. Um, so I, I think, and plus Todd's playing it on his Series S at home because I think his kids are playing on the X. So if anyone yeah. is gonna notice that this game doesn't run well, I think it's gonna be him. Uh, but part of that is, you know, probably a little bit of uh, hopium on my part because I am obviously biased. Uh, and then, yeah, the bu the bugs thing, I think it's going to be expected. Matt Booty's not saying this game's not going to release with bugs. I think we should all expect that. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think it's worth pointing out, if you guys haven't seen the comparison of what that Western town planet it thing looks like from 2022 yeah. to 2023, yeah. I think that should tell you enough to be like, no, they clearly have a level of polish here, level of time, amount of time to polish that we've never seen before. And Phil even said as much because he said in that same Giant Bomb interview that when they initially acquired Bethesda, there was a much earlier release date for Starfield. And they've pushed it back, theoretically, a year and a half, two years. Um, so I am confident that this game will still be buggy, but the most playable at launch Bethesda game. Yeah, I'm pretty much um, right there with you, Dark. Do any thoughts on those, or is that everything? Uh, I, my take on it is more negative. Well, not well. My take on the 30 FPS thing. I just think people need to like get the whole 60 FPS is like how things should be idea out their ass, and there's nothing wrong with 30 FPS games. I think it'll be fine. Yeah, no, I'm pretty much uh, right there with you guys. I will say so. I said last week that I would be disappointed if it was 60 F, um, not 30, uh, if it was not 60 FPS. And yes, we found out about it. I will say immediately, I'm glad they were transparent about it. They didn't try to hide it like two weeks behind for launch. Like a certain other Xbox first party studio, we don't they call it, we, we won't talk about that game. But um, I do think that this is one of those things where 
I saw the scope of what this game was before, and I was like, I want that in 60 FPS. See what it is now, and I'm like, you know what? I'm fine with 30 FPS. I can deal with it. It, it's 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 yeah it's a sucky situation but of course at the end of the day like we're starting to see more next-gen experiences we're starting to see that test gaming on console maybe isn't going to be like the norm it was for a few years but now we're kind of starting to move away from that which, which yes is, but i you know at the end of the day like hopefully maybe there's a mid-series thing where there's actually a new story about that i'll talk about later but i i, I guess like just seeing what the scope of this game is, I'm fine with the 30 FPS. I'll live with it. I'm disappointed, but I'll live with it. That's kind of my viewpoint on the situation. Didn't I say that on an earlier podcast? The um, whole 30 thing is just like, it's going to happen and you're all going to have to accept it. Listen, man, all right, we're not taking <laughs> victory laps here, okay? <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's probably just um, my copium, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think. I, I I understand you're gonna have the star fields that are just so big that 30 FPS will happen, but like I still think nine out of ten video games coming out for the rest of console eternity will hit 60 FPS, even if it's a performance mode or something. I think it will be an option. Starfield hasn't the excuse where it's like the greatest game of all time, <laughs> like on paper. Uh, like I'm, I don't <laughs> I don't think. No, I think he means it's scale, Starfield. not necessarily. Yeah, scale. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Like okay, I, we'll see. Uh, there's nothing. I have no like issues with Starfield being 30 FPS because of what it is. And I think the game's going to be fantastic at 30. It's just like, I have the, at this point, I'll wait. I'll wait till I build that rig of PC to play in the 60 FPS. I just feel not bad, but I feel like the people who, because in the console space, it's like consoles never saw 60 in these types of like in their single player narrative video games for like years. And then we finally got it. And then people are telling those same people, like, get used to 30 again. You know what I mean? It's kind of just like we're sitting in a spot where you're only having a few, an apple. That's what I mean. And you're only having a few of these games hit the B30 FPS, but then you have people saying, well, that's going to be the norm. And maybe it is, but I just don't believe it will be the norm. I think it's just like if you're a game, like Redfall had zero excuse to be 30 FPS. I don't care. You can do what you want. But like, hey, we said we fact, weren't going to talk about him, all the right? The fact that 60 <laughs> FPS is coming, it was in the, in, at some point, they were it's, they were going to make it work. Starfield, I think at no point was ever going to be 60 FPS. I think Todd Howard knew, I think there's interview from years ago where he was talking about how he prefers 30 FPS and high fidelity. Like, yep. So I was going into it probably thinking it was 30 i just was like holding out that it would be 60 especially after like the redfall thing which obviously that would be a crazy turnaround if they weren't planning on 60 and then after redfall we're like we need this in the game Uh so it's it's not like a huge deal i just like like i get every other game this year big titles are gonna be 60 fps like i see people talking about like don't be don't be surprised if alan wake 2 is locked 30 I mean, quote me, and if I'm wrong, I don't know what I'll do, but there's, I just don't believe 90% of these big-budget console games are going to be locked 30 FPS. I think you'll have your few, like, Starfield, because they're just so big in scope that it has to be, but I would not say get used to 30 FPS. Real quick, uh, I just want to, since you said that, I will make my one prediction for the future, and you guys, I won't be able to defend myself, so you guys can roast me whenever the news (laughs) comes out, and I'll listen to it. I think the Cyberpunk DLC is going to, because of the the 
rumored it hasn't been confirmed but the rumored spec upgrades and how they're ditching last gen consoles i think um and that's a trend too the next gen games are the ones running at 30 not the cross-gen ones uh i think the cyberpunk dlc they're gonna be like hey sorry it's actually at 30 and go oh. back to what it was before it's gonna be, it's gonna be crazy. Dude, I, like that I don't the backlash will be insane. Like, I'm, yeah, I, yeah. and and I think that's why they haven't talked about it yet. And I think CDPR is doing another hype cycle. So, yeah, a favorite company, Turkey. Uh, you were about to say something. Oh yeah, uh, Fusion mentioned Redfall and how like it should have been sixty. It's a miracle that Redfall even runs at all. I don't I think that was a fair that. <laughs> that that game was like it is on. Dude, it, like the amount of flex tape they're using in that game is crazy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, I agree. Yeah, no, but I guess that's everything relating to the Xbox showcase, uh, the Starfield Direct. I want to do some final scores. Uh, Benji, why don't we start with that? What would you give this whole presentation? Um, I'm not going to be a coward and use decimal, so I'll 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 say nine. Nine out of ten. Yeah. Um, Moon, uh, I know you require for a lot of that Starfield. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> what was your I just thoughts? would have said, at least I'll, I'll check it out. At least, like, the direct actually did convert a day sayer to be like, I'll at least check it out. I'll, that's pretty much all I'll say. Okay, cool. Um, I will be a coward and use decibels, and I'll <laughs> say 8.5 just because of that awkward hard stop at the end. That's fair. Uh, Fusion, what would you give it? I'm gonna cheat a little bit. I think the main Xbox show was an eight. And the Starfield Direct like portion was a ten, so. So like, uh, what's average is out to nine. Nine. No, no, nine. nine. Okay, I'm glad we agree. No, 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 no. no. I, I don't think, I just my complaint still with Xbox is the the no dates and the not raw gameplay. It's like yeah, everything else. Okay. Like, they get, they showed right. me a lot of great video games, but like, I can't. When I think of like nine out of ten, ten out of ten conferences, I'm thinking about like. The gameplay, just show me the gameplay, show me these games. It's like gameplay, Xbox gameplay, has gameplay. yet literally, to... I think what three games had release dates out yeah, of all of them. A, they've yet to deliver on that like full blown give me everything, and maybe they never will because they seem to like people love what they're doing right now with their conferences. And I hope the Starfield section, I hope that happens in the future with their other games. Like I would love like a Great. like a avowed direct on their on the end you know what i mean i don't know if the games are big enough to the starfield level but it seems like they might that. because that um developer direct we had at the beginning of the year where they focus on like those four games individually I, I think that was received rather well so i could see them after that and now the starfield direct they might start doing stuff like that down the road which is a good thing i agree uh dark what about you i give it 8.5 8.5 all right, and I guess for me, I would probably give this a nine. It was for I was the same as Fusion. I'd give the Xbox show an eight, but I'm not a cow. All right, <laughs> I'm gonna add all together as a nine out of ten. I think this is what Xbox needed. I thought it was a solid show. Again, I'm 100 with Fusion. I do think that there's not enough dates. There's not enough like, you know, what are you giving me now? But a, also future and understanding of what I'm getting. In 2024, hey, maybe that'll be Xbox's year. We say that every year. But, yeah, 2024 you know. <laughs> is so far lining up to be quite their year. If everything we else, it was said about that. You know, I don't think as much as this. I think no, I think it's no, I, will, I will say, 
I don't know why, when I was watching this press conference, it felt like a different type of Xbox that I've never been this excited for. Because yeah, like same. Bingy was saying earlier, people say think Xbox and their press conference is always Gears, Halo, Forza. It's like, you know they're always going to be there. And it was like, they didn't really have any of that. They didn't have Halo or Gears. It just felt like a new leaf. Like they were turning the page and saying, look at what like, we went out and bought a million studios and look what they're actually about to deliver. They're actually starting to make content now. Yeah. So like, I felt like it was a new kind of like a new era in Xbox. I think it starts with Starfield. And if they deliver from there, it's just like, it's going to be very exciting to own. I forget who it was. I forget who it was, but there, someone mentioned like Xbox is definitely gearing to be the RPG console right now. They are really hard focusing on RPGs. Especially Western art. At least, yeah. And uh, um, yeah, but it, it we can hope twenty twenty four. This is definitely going to be their year, guys. I promise. Um, and I'm going to ask you guys: Do any of you miss Bench? No. <laughs> okay, cool. So we're gonna. We, he actually sent me his own thoughts on the Xbox uh, showcase. So just imagine Bench is here with us all. Uh, I love the Xbox show. I'd easily give it a ten out of ten. The pacing was great, and pretty much every Xbox game we were expecting had a substantial update besides Perfect Dark. That's not even true. And all the third-party <laughs> stuff was very good. The genres of games were also varied, and the show had a lot of big Game Pass announcement. As for the Starfield Direct, it completely sold me on the game. I could see myself sinking 100-plus hours into this game and coming back to it for years. Everything they showed looked incredible, and I can't wait. And if you won't craft a dick spaceship, you're wrong. So yeah, that's Bench JC's uh, opinions on the Starfield show. Thank you, Bench. Thank you, Bench. I like Thank the you, Bench. Time you're reading it, I could just hear his voice. <laughs> I feel, I swear, I heard it. Like I could, I was laughing a bit because it's like I'm converting into Bench. <laughs> um, Hopefully, he's having a good vacation. Oh yeah, no, he's definitely having a good time. Um, definitely want to. So uh, I want to. There's a couple more Xbox headlines. I wanted to kind of lump them in as the big Xbox stuff. Um, there were some stats that Benji Sales threw on over at Twitter. Uh, new records for monthly active users and devices, 46% increase year over year in PC Game Pass players. Goal to reach four first party games per year. I think I remember Matt Booty uh, stating that before. Xbox has shipped 10 games with 10 plus million uh, players each in the last five years. And then first party games have one million monthly users. So overall, a lot of good news for Xbox in that regard. Um, and then moving on, uh, Tom Warren over on Twitter actually uh, pointed this out. Microsoft is currently holding an Xbox media briefing in LA. This is a few days ago. Sarah Bond has just announced you will soon be able to play your PC Game Pass catalog on all devices supported by NVIDIA's GeForce Now. Cloud gaming, waiting on full details. And then final, uh, like big Xbox headline, uh, Xbox boss Phil Spencer has said that a potential mid-cycle series x isn't a priority for microsoft tom ivan over at dlc asked whether as xbox plans to release a more powerful xbox series x console microsoft's head of gaming told bloomberg he doesn't feel an imperative to do so that's not the feedback we're getting right now he said right now we're pretty set on the hardware we have so any thoughts on any of those uh, xbox headlines or are we good to move on how do you guys feel no i think you're good good finally nice to be an xbox fan Real it's, quick, I just as a point of clarification, Matt Booty used to say a game a quarter. Now yeah. he's just saying for a year, which I think is smarter, <laughs> yeah. so that they don't have Smart. to put themselves as as concise of timelines. I'm just saying, I re- I remember like five six years ago him talking about that game a quarter. They were yeah. like, we're about to do a game a quarter, and, and it's just not happen. a good idea. We saw I want to I want to clarify on that. He said that the goal 
that's the, like, the keyword, the goal is to right. do a game record. They're not hitting that yet. Yeah, People got not mixed up and it was a whole big deal. That's what they're aiming to do. And it, if they ever hit it, it'll be amazing. But yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much uh, everything in relation to Xbox. I want you guys to know we are almost two hours in or above two hours. Uh, <laughs> two hours and ten minutes. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> next up, really a lightning round. <laughs> we got the, yeah, we're gonna lightning round through this. Uh, next is the Ubisoft showcase. Um, I was gonna go through it one by one. Can't do that anymore. So <laughs> we're just gonna kind of go through the big stuff. Uh, through the table, what did we overall think? Fusion, you're the big Ubisoft guy. What did you think of uh, Ubisoft show? I love Ubisoft shows because they're always just like they're classic E3 where you're just having the awkward moments in between like the actual raw gameplay. That's the one thing Ubisoft like always does is like they show their games and they show raw gameplay for like every single one of them every time. And then you just get like the awkward singing moments or like some dude talking about cars and the crew for 10 minutes. Um, Overall, I really liked it. I thought Avatar just looked cool. I think the games look cool. So as as a Ubisoft fan, I'm excited for the future. I think the variety has always the the variety. It's I've, Ubisoft gets the rap of being like map games, but they've been branching out a little bit, going back to like ten year old Ubisoft. So like, I think the future is bright with Ubisoft. I don't think I think press conference was pretty bad, like pacing wise and actual as a show wise, but the games and the content and the show were, were great. So, uh, what about you, Moon? Uh, I actually didn't watch the show, and I'm just reading your wrap-up right now. Really, the only <laughs> thing I paid attention to was the uh, Star Wars Outlaws gameplay. Also, looking okay. here, um, and we talked about the Prince of Persia Last Crown, which looked interesting. But looking at uh, X Define, oh, I didn't know about uh, the open beta coming literally in a couple days. So I'll have to check that out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, dark. Avatar looked interesting. Oh, it's uh, we, st- we still don't know for sure if it's fully just Far Cry with an Avatar skin. So we'll have to see it, how much that rings true. Um, what's it called, Dirk? Uh, just tell me right now if you watched it live. No, I didn't watch it live. I was burnt okay. out. I get you, yeah. Um, and then Benji, did you watch it live? No, I, I'm kind of at the point where unless you... Like, I didn't even watch Number Games Fest live. Unless it's Xbox, PlayStation, or Nintendo, I've gotten burned so many times. It's like, I'll watch yeah. the recap later. You'd be self-hating. Man, you guys... Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, listen, I'm a Ubisoft hater, but I will always watch any press conference, all right? <laughs> I was doing this thing called working. Yeah, same. Uh, like, I have I a job. A, I was supposed to be working. <laughs> See, you guys got to work nights like me. <laughs> uh, I guess uh, I, I guess just to run through, like, the cool big stuff, our Frontiers of Pandora, we got a date for that, December 7th. I actually thought it looked really good. Fusion, what did you think? I, th- I thought it looked really good, too, I think. I think the engine, I'm pretty sure they're on Snowdrop, looks a little dated, but it was also just the compression of that Ubisoft stream was, like, terrible. So, like, I rewatched like, some 4K, like, raw gameplay, and I thought it looked way better. But I think even if it is just Far Cry with Avatar skin, I'm completely down with it because that's my favorite Ubisoft franchise. But I, I think people were actually impressed by what they saw. Yeah, no, I mean, Far Cry is like my second favorite, uh, right behind Rayman. God yeah, it bless you. It definitely seems like uh, people actually were came out of that a little bit more positive on Avatar, which I haven't seen the oh, raw yeah. gameplay yet. I only saw that like semi like overview trailer with the narrator, so I need to watch that like straight gameplay. Oh yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it looks like a fun title. Um, what's it called? The Fusion pointed out something really interesting. 
the way they were presenting these games really pissed me off because there was a lot of times where they would be showing the gameplay and then they would zoom out and show like the yeah. developer talking over it. it's like what go back to the game i want to see the game <laughs> so that was a respect of the press conference in general um one thing i want to point out for skull and bones they didn't even show this game um they <laughs> announced the closed they announced the closed base 25th to 28th uh, and then just did a sea shanty live on stage. Yeah. So I was say they did a sea shanty to like distract you for the fact that this was like delayed again. They're like, maybe if we just bring some live music, they won't like be mad at us. God knows this game is never coming out. <laughs> I hope it never comes. I closed beta at this point. Like this is the seventh closed beta. We're still not to the open beta stage. <laughs> Uh, then we saw some AC Mirage gameplay uh, going over the big stuff. So, what did you think of that uh, Mirage gameplay? Asia? I, I think it looks awesome. As someone who like missed out on the original Assassin's Creed because like I was too young and also just didn't like single player games, kind of like Benji, I was a Call of Duty and like sports gamer. Okay. But I've played I've played the recent three Assassin's Creeds and I like I like I like them a lot. I just wish they were scaled down and more like actually stealth <laughs> so like i i was pretty okay. impressed by this gameplay i think it's gonna look gorgeous because all of ubisoft like games look gorgeous i just hope like the gameplay is like i hope the gameplay loops good enough to like keep me invested for hopefully it's, it's short i'm hoping it's not some bloated just give me like a 15 hour experience yeah i, I guess uh, just a small thing um I, I thought the game looked good but it's not really my thing uh, I will mention, I love how they were talking in Arabic. I hope there's a full Arabic dub for this game. You know, as an Arab, I would love that just to get some representation in that regard. I think that would be really cool. Um, but the big thing that would close off the show is the Star Wars Outlaws gameplay. Uh, I'll be honest, I am like of two minds when it comes to this game. I think that what they showed graphically was stunning. I think the space combat looked great. The actual shooting gameplay to me looked underwhelming for lack of a better word uh fusion how are you feeling i'm basically in the same vein i th I thought the shooting was the worst part of like everything they showed but after like i said this game there was something about it where i was just like the first time i watched it i was like okay this is like i'm interested and i kept watching it like i think i rewatched the gameplay trailer <laughs> like the 10 minute section like three or four times now at like 4k and it was just like the more they're getting so like Red Dead Redemption 2 with like some of the abilities and like being wanted and being like this bounty hunter, where it's like, I don't know, they could like shooting aside, they they would still they would have to tweak some stuff in the combat, which I think they will. I think this game could be something like very good, and it's it's probably just me hoping, but like. I thought everything they showed, like, there was nothing where I was like, oh, this looked bad. Like, I don't think a single part of that gameplay trailer, I was like, this, even the shooting was like, this looks passable. Like, it's not the worst thing I've seen. Uh -huh. That's good to hear. Uh, Benji, did you watch the gameplay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I um, still caught the trailers for, for the big stuff. And yeah, I, this, this is really interesting because this is what the Division devs, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, the yeah, fact yeah. that the shooting is the worst part is yeah, kind of crazy. Um, but I, I, I really like that this didn't. Like my biggest thing with Ubisoft lately is just it's so formulaic what they've been doing, and this is trying to kind of uh, stray away from that a bit, and I think get a little more uh, interesting and unique and put their own flair on things and. Um, I was I was I was pretty impressed with it. I, I definitely will um, 
check this out. My thing is, um, as as a big vehicle guy, like how good is that bike to control or the spaceship? <laughs> because that's uh, for. For me, it's like it. It. I know everyone's skeptical on the shooting, but it's like the division. As far as I know, I've never played it, but like, there's no vehicles in that game, there, to my no, knowledge. There, there, there's not. Yeah, so I'm curious to see how that all plays. That's actually where I'm the most skeptical about. But overall, I mean, yeah, I thought it looked good. I think that's a good point where you bring up because a lot of people saw the division studio making this game, so they were like, like Ubisoft does with everything else. They're like, oh, this is just going to be a Star Wars division game, right? So it is kind of awesome that like. No, they're going completely, totally, like, fully narrative, like, no multiple, like, they're going full in on, like, this bounty hunter unique story with the help of Lucasfilm. So, like, I guess that's a good point. I never thought about it that way, because everyone just expected, like, a division, but in Star Wars. Right. Um, and did you watch the gameplay? Yeah, I watched the gameplay. That was the first thing I watched. And I wasn't bothered by the gunplay, like everyone else seems to be. I don't know. I've always had this weird thought with Star Wars blasters, and they've always looked weird and acted weird to me. Like, even the Star Wars blasters that we get in Fortnite whenever they do a Star Wars event, always controlled weird to me, and I'm, I always have to handle them differently than I do regular guns. So maybe I'm just used to it in some kind of weird way. I don't know. So I wasn't really bothered too much by it, but upon re-watching it, I did notice it seems a little slower than it could be, so maybe they can tighten that up a little bit. But it is definitely... I guess I would consider it the weakest part of like this whole stealth and getting caught and getting into like a shootout definitely seemed like the weakest part of this whole 10 minute uh, gameplay loop, but everything else. Yeah. I looked definitely looked really looked interesting. My first interest in a star Wars game for a while. Like I, I don't know. I never got into a uh, Jedi survivor and fallen order and all that. Yeah. yeah. One last thing is oh, this ahead. is what, this is like, People always give Ubisoft crap, but this is their press conferences, and they're so good. EA was also really good at it when they would do their shows, at announcing a game, showing you 10 minutes of gameplay, and giving you at least a year. Like, Ubisoft and EA, they're so good at, like, the quality of their games, whatever, but, like, this is what I wanted from the Xbox show. Where, like, something like this, where you give me 10 minutes straight of one of your big IPs, and you're just like, look at what we have, show it off. And, like, I miss when games, like, this is the first time I can think of in a while where, like, a brand new IP gets released, and the first thing you see, well, we saw, like, trailer in the Xbox show, but, like, the within the same day, you get, like, a full gameplay of a brand new IP. Like, they just show you it. They're like, we're not going to show you this game until we're at this point where, like, we can give you all this gameplay and at least a year. So, like, I think Ubisoft should get some props for, like, everything they showed had hard dates and gameplay. Every single thing. Yeah, no, I think I would agree with you there. Did, since you and me were the only ones that uh, watched the showcase, uh, what would you uh, rate it out of 10? I'd still give it like a 6. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm right like, there with you. I think, like I said, I think the game and the content was like so good, but like the way you, I've gotten used to how Ubisoft does it. This year was extra bad, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because it, just, it felt like production overall was just totally lower. Like it felt like they just threw it all together. Like, let's do this live action thing real quick. But like the way they the way they showed the games, I thought was really bad. But the actual games were awesome, so I'll give it like a six out of ten. Yeah, pretty much my exact uh, uh, viewpoint on that. Just like there were some good gameplay, good showcase, but man, you gotta like present it in a better way. Yeah, know? there was a lot of middle stuff that I skipped over just for the sake of time. But let me tell you guys, you did not miss much. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I guess that's final thoughts on uh, Ubisoft in case anyone else wanted to say. Uh, that's our second big news topic. We're two hours in, Jesus Christ. Uh, next, <laughs> the final big news topic. This one's going to be quick. It was the Capcom showcase. Uh, okay. I, I, I watched this one. I watched it live, right? I did. Oh. I did, sadly. Oh, Fusion, you're a real one. Thank you, man. <laughs> man, this one sucked. Dude, it's like these <laughs> are the... Go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. No, no, so, this is like when people were like, when we're talking about the PlayStation showcase a few weeks ago, and people were like, this show, this is as bad as it gets. Like, you know, like, give it like, nah, just, five it gets worse. Fours. This is a four. You know, I mean, this is what a four yes. that's in press conference looks like, where you're like, this could have this could have been a press report. Like, give me an email. Like, this was horrible. Real, this could have been an email they, energy. They, that's the thing. They didn't show anything. <laughs> they didn't show much. Like, they showed. Oh yeah, guys, Pragmata. Uh, that's still not coming out this year. Sorry. <laughs> what was that? Who was thinking it was coming out this year? <laughs> this boy, it's ridiculous. I don't know what's going on with that game. I, the, they showed gameplay. It looked cool for like five seconds. And they were like, all right, we got to get to the next thing, you know? And then everything else was just like, I saw two seconds of something that I've already seen before. And they're like, all right, we're moving on. You know, we, you don't want to <laughs> see any more of this. It's like, what are you talking about? This is, this is a print conference. You need to show games that you're releasing. Not even Street Fighter Six. I was expecting like a DLC fighter or something in that regard. Nothing. Nothing at all. It's just I, I didn't come into this with expectations because, you know, Capcom showcases. People always get excited for these. Guys, the Capcom showcases are never good. They do yeah. this all the time. But this one, my God. It, there was one bright spot. <laughs> all right. All my Ace Attorney fans, raise their hands. This this is me. Apollo Justice Trilogy, we're finally getting it. We're getting Apollo Justice, uh, Ace Attorney Dual Destinies, and um, what's it called? Spirit of Justice finally being re-released. Uh, Ace Attorney 4, 5, 6. These are games that I feel like have been like stuck forever on their uh, consoles. You know, like Dual Destinies and Spirit of Justice were 3DS like eShop games too. So play those games technically. Uh, I think they're on mobile, but no one wants to do that. Uh, I love Ace Attorney, one of my all-time favorite franchises. I have not I have not finished Dual Destiny, so I got like halfway through it. I'm really excited to go through these games again. I love Apollo Justice. The weird thing, they're calling it Apollo Justice Trilogy. He's barely even prominent in these games. So like he's really only prominent in one of them. So that's a little bit of a weird thing. But I mean everything they showed off, like graphically, they like, compared to the trilogy that was the first three games, this one looks a lot better just in general. Kinda wish we got a date, but early twenty twenty four, you know, that's something. Uh, but it's the thing where, like, I feel like this is the biggest announcement. This could have been something they dropped on Twitter or just like thrown in like one of the shows. Like, give it to Keeley or something at SGF. Like, this is just such a strange thing. I don't. What was the point of the showcase? Uh, Fusion, you gave it like a four. I give it a four yeah. as well. This is just yeah. a waste of time. It's a, it's a, it's almost as bad as like if you go from like A to F. Like this is. This is an F, you know, like this is, I think Michael Huber from Easy Ally said it best. He's like, he said it was a, I forget, now I forget what the quote, but he was just like, he was like, this is an F, but it was like, oh, it was an acceptable F because like how good Capcom is at making video games. They're like, it was an yeah. F, but it was acceptable because like you make really good video games. Just stop doing showcases. Yeah, exactly. Because like if EA did this, like, oh, you would not hear the end of it. But it's like, oh, but yeah. Capcom's cool. <laughs> but no, like they, they shouldn't. They should be saying like, "Hey, Capcom, just stop doing showcases. Just like they already give your stuff off. All their big stuff 
to like PlayStation or like X. I was surprised. I was surprised Xbox got that one game we were talking about. I forget the name already. Yeah, but the Capcom. Yeah, I was I was honestly surprised when Xbox got that because usually PlayStation gets all this stuff. So like, Capcom should just continue to give those things away and like instead of wasting our time with a like forty minute press conference, just be like a Twitter like maybe during E three week, just do big do a big like Twitter thing or something. Yeah, I pretty much agree with you there. Um, but yeah, that's everything for the big topics. Let me tell you guys. That's big time. That is uh, most of the show. <laughs> so I want to try to run through these uh, small topics a bit quicker. I guess first, immediately, sales updates. Uh, Skyrim has sold over 60 million copies, according to Todd Howard. Shinobi over on Twitter uh, get, broke the story. Um, pretty insane to think about a million copies, but also expected with how many times that game's been re-released. And I, I always love seeing Skyrim do well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm biased <laughs> for like a better word. Um, and also sales wise, Diablo four uh, has hit 660 sellers in revenue in the first five days of release. That's pretty fucking insane. Activision Blizzard yeah, is very game. happy with the performance of that game. Uh, did, did you say something, Fusion? I was saying that's just insane, right? They hit that. Yeah, no, five days. To, uh, to say. Um, and then I want to move over. Just a quick update on uh, the Illumination Zelda movie. Uh, what we were talking about last week. Uh, apparently denies the Zelda movie rumors. So this could very well just be a situation where you know the Zelda movie is being made, but by another studio. You know. The, I don't know if you rumor. caught my. Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I don't know if you caught my follow up on that, but I. Pretty trusted, like he's gotten a lot of stuff right. Movie leaker has mentioned not only are they're still talking, they're more in still discussions about it. Maybe that's why they're not denying it. Mm-hmm. But right now, Illumination and Nintendo currently are discussing not only Legend of Zelda, but the, the other movies that we all kind of pretty much thought that they would do was Mario 2, uh, Donkey Kong, and Luigi's Mansion. Like those are apparently the four yeah. that they're all discussing right now. And so this was backed by a somewhat credible insider in the movie industry. Okay. Well, that, that, that could definitely be a situation then. Something like all these things are on the table being discussed. Yeah, on the table um, is probably the better term. Yeah. <laughs> um, Fusion, this one's for you. Uh, I wanted to talk about this real quick. Apparently, Timefall 3 was in development for 10 months before being canceled. Uh, I got at the story. Uh, Tom Henderson wrote the story. Kind of going over the whole thing. You could, uh, I recommend reading the whole thing because, man, it is really sad when you think about it. it uh, if you're a Deadfall 2 fan, did you think of this? Yeah, it's like it's somehow it's like every three months Titanfall news comes out and it's always bad. <laughs> it's, never, it's never like, yep. here comes the next game where like there's life or like it's always just like, I just can't. I'm still gonna hope that a Titanfall three happens or even just a Titanfall game. It doesn't have to be three. Just give me a Titanfall game. I just like. I read this and I was like, another drink, like, this just like, keeps happening. To be honest, I feel like this is like a bullet dodge because uh, a Titanfall with the current EA and Respawn would probably be terrible if you're up to date with those games. Listen, Fusion, uh, uh, Dark, you gotta, you gotta cut us some slack, all right? Let us dream. Because <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> you dream for something good. If you would have got a Titanfall 3 of the current devs, you guys would have been in like the trenches. <laughs> Let someone like a proper I, team handle this. I know, but like, just Titanfall Two is so good, you know. <laughs> just that thought of it being good. Um, another thing, 
I want to point out, uh, people can fly, uh, the team over at, uh, that did Outriders, working on Project Maverick, game based on a Maverick uh, Microsoft IP. Got this on VGC. In a regulatory release, the Polish studio said the codename Project Maverick will be a fully funded by IP owner Microsoft and will have a 30 to $50 million budget. The developer behind Gears of War Judgment, Bulletstorm, and more, most recently Outriders said it concluded a production and publishing agreement with Microsoft for the AAA game on Tuesday. Uh, I guess just any thoughts on what this game could be? No clue whatsoever. I, I, don't think what it, I don't know what it could be, but I just hope it's a Gears collection. Like, personally, that's just what yeah, I want. I don't know what it's point. going to that's be. That's the most like leading theory right now is the Gears collection. Yeah, I, I would imagine either Gears Collection or maybe another spin. I don't know what Judgment actually is. It a spinoff or kind of like a tie-in? Got it. It's like yeah, a side I, story, from what I can tell. It's a prequel side story. Okay. Yeah, I, I I could see it being that, but I think getting out of Gears because I think that's the one everyone goes to. I can't imagine what other IP this could be because the only thing that comes to mind is like. Could they do a Halo spinoff this early after Infinite? I don't think they could, but um, I mean, oh, I got they, one. Just, I got they one. could they because it's a different studio. I got yeah, one. I just they just signed it. Oh, go ahead. They could do the Doom spinoff with the female protagonist that uh, one of the devs mentioned a while back. Listen, I could see that. Get my hopes up. <laughs> listen, oh, man, this I'm is what it is. Good. Wait, this is news to me. What? So. This was a while back, but um, after Doom Eternal's DLC finished, they were talking about like the future and what things they would like to try out. And one of the ideas was a female protagonist for the next Doom title. I don't think that's huh. going to happen, but if this were to be a spin-off game, I could very well see this the thing being is, the though, case. All the things that this company has made have all been third-person, over-the-shoulder shooters. So you don't have to, but that's the beauty of a spinoff. It doesn't have to be in the same style yeah, as the. So that means game. they would, this would be taking Doom to the third person, or the studio would be switching to first person. So it's okay. like one of these things is, if if that's the case. Keep in mind, in theory, if they were to go down this route, a female Doom Slayer will be much more athletic, and you would want to show that off in third person compared to first. I just don't know what a female Doom Slayer like brings to the table. It's like what. Literally, it's just gender swap. Like, what, what, what does yeah, this bring aren't up? You, aren't you more... Samus at that point? <laughs> you like Samus on crack? Yeah. I'm more lethal um, Samus. More lethal? Hang on. <laughs> Samus is pretty goddamn lethal. No, I'm talking like, about like female doomsday. Probably gonna have like a whip that has like chainsaws on it or some nonsense. I don't know. Yeah, okay, oh hell yeah! Okay, now I'm on board. I'm in. <laughs> Um, next news story, Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser, his new company, Absurd Ventures. Uh, f- this comes over from Jordan Midler over at VGC. Following the news in 2021 that the ex-Rockstar boss has incorporated various regions, Hauser has officially debuted Absurd Ventures, which will create new IP across all platforms and for all plat- formats that's what everyone says. We are building absurd ventures to create new universes and to tell great stories wherever and however we can, said Hauser in a prepared... That's the same... Oh, God. Okay. Uh, obviously, this new story, pretty big deal, all things considered. I mean, we all know the Hauser brothers, very influential duo in the gaming industry, created one of, arguably, in my... Not even... I'd say inarguably one of the greatest franchises of all time, Grand Theft Auto. And 
you know, that news of Dan Hauser leaving Rockstar was such a like crazy announcement. And, you know, seeing that he is starting this new studio, you know, just to this list of visionaries from other companies, starting a new company, trying something new. I mean, uh, I guess like Fusion, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I was I was very excited because, like you said, we talked a few days ago. We were like, I thought he was going to retire, like just walk away from like <laughs> the industry and the whole. So like, I remember the day he left Rockstar. How many people were like, "Oh, Rockstar's doomed!" Like all the doom and gloom about Rockstar. Where it's just like, his work is just so good that when you lose someone like that important, he was so important to Rockstar, and like he's kind of. Mm-hmm. Other than now, I don't remember him like ever being in the news or anything. That's why I thought he was just done. Uh, <laughs> so. so yeah, no. So Dan Hauser very much was like kind of the media presence, while uh, Sam Hauser was very much quiet. The, the Rock we know barely does interviews, barely does any type of things. But when they did, like usually Dan Hauser was the one selling it. So okay. like Sam Hauser was a very quiet one. That's like when he left. So interesting. And you know, this uh, debut of a new studio. Uh, Benji, I forget. Are you a big GTA or Rockstar fan at all? Yeah, um, I've I've played uh, four, five, um, and then Red Dead One and Two. I do want to go back and play the uh, three in San Andreas now that it's not, you know, as bad as yeah, it was. At, at the that, mess. <laughs> that was uh, that was something. But um, yeah, I mean, I I'm kind of in the in the same boat that uh, um, this, sh- this should be interesting. But I mean, obviously, well, yeah. It, it. I think you, you had said it in your when you were reading. It just sounds like the stock press release it's nowadays. The same thing. It's like, like we want to make interesting on? games. Okay, good. That's what I hope you want to do. It's like, well, shit. Like, okay, fakes. You know, it's really different oh, if you man. put out press comments. We want to make just you know real stale games. You know, real run of the mill. <laughs> we want to make I, game I, pass fodder. <laughs> yeah, I also want to point out every time one of these things happen, like they're always like. We want to make something new and different, and they usually just make the same thing they made last time. <laughs> and yeah. Like it's good every time. It's like okay, well, you're not really making something new. Like it's still good, but come on, guys. <laughs> it's like what I said on the last yourself. episode. It's like all the interviews at the Jeff Keeley stuff is always. We're so passionate about this game. Everyone's been working so hard. It's like literal stock speeches. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was really okay. So this last uh, news story, I was hoping I could skip this because I don't want to talk about this game anymore. But a couple of people oh, on this no. podcast that really wanted to talk about this, the it's Overwatch time. Two PVE oh, missions have gotten their details. Okay, here we go. This comes from Overwatch and Ari over on Twitter. Uh, you can get started on your mission to save the world with Overwatch Two Invasion Bundle for fifteen dollars USD. This bundle includes permanent access to Overwatch Two Asian Story missions, one thousand Overwatch coins equal to the premium battle pass, a brand new social and legendary skin, nineteen dollars USD. Okay. Uh, permanent access to playable hero for new players unlocked upon completing story mission challenges. Uh, you can also upgrade to the ultimate invasion bundle for 40 US dollars. You have access to all of the above as well as the null sector premium battle pass with 20 battle pass skips, an additional 1000 overwatch coins, and then two additional legendary skins for Cassidy and Kiriko. Um, and then also wanted to add this from overwatch cavalry also on Twitter. Uh, story missions will not feature a single player mode for invasions always consist of other human players. And there's, um, this one's actually, I need to update this. Uh, this one says there's no current way to play alongside a team of bots. Um, what's his name? Um, the producer. Some, no, 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 the producer. Uh, new something. I forget his name. Um, 
I, for, I, I forget, I, I apologize for forgetting his name, but he clarified that if no one else is in queue, then you will be given into a team of bots, but you can't queue into a game with bots, basically, like off the offset. Uh, I really don't want to talk about this, uh, but you know what? Uh, uh, what's it called? Bob, I know you have a lot of uh, opinions on this. Same with you, Dark. You guys can take it away from here. I, in the interest of time, I actually am going to keep this brief because I don't think anyone after a three-hour podcast wants to talk <laughs> about Overwatch yeah, 2 I agree. anymore. Um, my big thing is just uh, I keep getting burned for trying to defend Blizzard, and I think I finally hit my breaking point. <laughs> because originally, that you read it yourself, the, the initial press release said $15 for permanent access to that story. And they didn't say that that is how you would access it. But they then later clarified, yes, that is the only way you can play the PvE missions is through... Wait, so or, if, I, if I owned Overwatch 1, didn't they say I would get those uh, missions for free? No, the, the, there was nothing coming over from Overwatch 1 and then the oh, watch okay. point um, bundle at the beginning of Overwatch 2. Uh, apparently, I, I couldn't remember if this was actually true or not, uh, mentioned something about story content and then they uh, immediately wiped it. Um, yeah, no. Well, I remember that whole debacle. Why? I think everyone gaslit themselves into thinking that actually said like something about story content. I don't think it ever said anything about story content. Right. Like, but I'm my my point my my point being, it's like they're also like if you look at the bundle, they're giving you a skin. Okay, who cares? Uh, and then a thousand coins, which relates to ten dollars. So they're basically saying that the story missions are five dollars, and they won't let you buy it just for five dollars. And on top of that, who wants to pay for this after you just canceled the actual story tree, like full PVE mode? Like the fact that they are not giving away this first set of missions for free, exactly. and they expect you to pay for. I'm like, all right, I'm out. I'm out. I have tried defending this company <laughs> so many times. And I keep getting fucking burned, and the people who doom and gloom end up being right every time, even though they're just speculating. And it's like, all right. But that all being said, the multiplayer is still really fun to play. It's still really balanced. And like, it's probably in the best state it's ever been in. But I'm done buying battle passes. I'm done giving this company money. I'm just going to like, honestly, I redownload Halo Infinite. I'm excited for season four. I know hey. we didn't talk about it, but that season four stuff looks interesting. I think I might just switch back to Halo and, and casually play or passively play Overwatch every once in a while now. Yeah, no, so, yeah. I, I do also want to point out real quick. I read about the Game Informer article. They said that it was about like 20 to 30 minutes per mission. So oh my take that as yeah, you Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> so frustrating. <laughs> um, I, I will say what, uh, one last thing. The new game mode seems to be like a 5 CP, almost from like Battlefield. Oh, God. <laughs> which I don't think so it's going to be that big, but it's going to yeah, be more uh, condensed. But it's like it's like 5 CP control. Um, so that, I mean, the fact that we're getting a new game mode, we never got that in Overwatch 1, so, uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's so hard, it's so hard to be positive about this stupid fucking company, so. The only positive thing is, if you're a Game Pass member, it looks like you're getting, like, the last four heroes. Yeah, basically everyone since the launch of Overwatch 2, you're getting, uh, skins and, and stuff because they locked it behind, you know 
the battle pass and and now paywalls, which is another thing. It's crazy that you can't go and go back. I thought for some reason you were going to be able to go back to previous battle passes and like unlock those heroes. Nah, and... nah only Halo's that cool. Yeah, that's yep. That's so <laughs> I'm just yeah. Um, I this is this is actually I was ready to before the clarifications oh, came out ready. later in the week. I was ready to defend them again, and I got burned again. And I'm just oh, oh man. it's yeah, dark. I, I'm sorry, I cut you off earlier. What were you saying? For the sake of time, just like Blizzard's a joke. They're part of the holy <laughs> trio of bad decisions, being Square Enix, Blizzard, and Twitch. And like I said last time, the porn community continues to do more for Overwatch than the devs themselves. And yeah, that's <laughs> it. Man. I, you know, I was really ready to like kind of get like a cool debate going, but like I'm glad we could all agree that Blizzard's yeah, that's it's a good situation here. <laughs> and you look at Diablo 4 and you're like, wow, what a it's good, such a good game. <laughs> it, it just like <laughs> so pain, man. Um, it's pain. So okay, so we're gonna go into what we've been playing. We gotta go really quick because we have obviously talked a lot. Um, I, I guess yeah, I'll start off. It's a lot of the same, so yeah, can't say yeah. too much. I guess like uh, for me, I, I've been playing Pikmin two. I beat Pikmin two, loved it just as much as the first game. The caves are stupid. That's really it. Uh, I did also feel I thought it was really solid. That dodge mechanic, I still am very much on the side that it needs to be fixed. Um, and then also, I've been playing Diablo 4, which I also know you've been playing Diablo 4 as well. Um, I, I'm having a great time. I'm a barbarian. Loving it. How, how are you thinking of Diablo 4 so far, Fusion? Dude, I got, I got like a weekend late since I was on vacation, but I'm, I'm loving it too. Like, I think I'm about to hit Act 3, maybe. I heard the meta is just like mainline the story so you at least get a mount because i'm i think i'm just a i think i just hit level 20 and i made a rogue and like i just unlocked poison and stuff so like i'm still learning my build i have no idea what the meta is because i haven't looked anything up i like to just go in there and oh, like, make my own thing and if it sucks then i can like respec if i need to but like i think the game the gameplay's been awesome like i'm pre- i'm surprised i'm pretty invested into the story the cinematics are great so i i'm having a great time with Diablo. Mm-hmm. i knew it was gonna like I played in all the stress tests in the beta, so like, I had a feeling it was gonna be good, and it's just like it's kind of came out, and like, unless the microtransactions in a couple months just start to ruin the game, like a lot of other Blizzard stuff, I think oh, this I... game's gonna be around for a while. Yeah, real quick, I mean, like the story cutscenes. I'm glad you're enjoying it because I'll be honest, like I know it's good, I know it's high quality. But when I play Diablo, I got the podcast on. I don't care about story. I just want to kill demons. That's fair. And it's like, I, I know what's there is good. There's some the times thing. where I'll, I'll, I'll catch myself, like, scrolling through Twitter, <laughs> like, in the middle of which I'm Because so, 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 like, they're made really well, but some of the stories are so, like, not edgy, but it's just, like, Lilith kill, killing more people. You know what I mean? Like, that's just, like, every other cutscene, just yeah. Lilith doing something where she's, like, destroying a whole city or something, like, so Guys, it's so I think cool, Lilith might be bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's shallow, but I I still think it's very good. No one that hot is that bad. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dark, you've been playing SF Six and Persona Three. What have you been thinking of those two? Uh, Street Fighter Six continues to be good. Um, although they announced they announced and released their first like battle pass. That's it sucks. There's no other way to put that. <laughs> it's just like the, the showcase. It sucked. Um. And going to Persona 3, it is it's a good 
it's good story ways, but it is rough around the edges. That's good to hear. Um, what's it called? Uh, I, I was about to say, Bench, he's woohoo. Uh, <laughs> uh, Moon, you've been playing uh, Persona 4 Dancing. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, <laughs> I just missed my friends and I already had it downloaded. So I just said, why not? What's actually pretty interesting is I did play Persona 5 Dancing, which is like the epitome of a, yeah, well, let's just make a rhythm game spinoff because Persona 5 is popular. Whereas Persona 4 actually does have a story that ties into the original game. Whereas in Persona 5, you just be like, oh, we're in this dancing velvet room scenery. Why? Because why not? Whereas Persona 4, they actually wrote a story to explain like, okay, here's why we're dancing. Here's like a bad guy and all this other stuff. So it's actually kind of interesting to um, see that. And I hear it actually does all cohesively tie into the other spinoff, the fighting game. And I did read you, technically you are supposed to play the dancing game before the fighting game. So I'll see how far I get. Cause um, I'm, who knows, maybe after the dancing game, I might be burnt on persona for just a little bit, but it's been, it's a nice relaxing game. It's a rhythm game. You can't go wrong. It's, just something I play to just listen to the music. Um, also, still playing Proteus. I think I'm in like the last third of that game. So that's been always a good time. It's nice, simple, turn off your brain, shoot everything uh, kind of game. I picked up Octopath 2 again. Uh, got my ass handed to me again by the same boss. So I'm going to leave that area. Go do another <laughs> chapter of someone else's story. Um, and the Starfield Direct told, uh, convinced me to give Fallout 4 another try. So I started that. Did a couple missions, and I know we're short on time, so I'll get a little bit more into it and get my more thoughts on it uh, next week. And then, uh, Benji, uh, you got a lot here, so please just run through it. Yeah. <laughs> Take your time. It's fine. Right. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just kind of, because, you know, obviously I'm kind of guesting, so I won't be up uh, every week, but... Um... Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, so these are kind of everything I've been playing the last kind of like two-ish weeks. Uh, I finished up Tears of the Kingdom. I did about, I'd say I beat about 50% of the entire game. It just got to the point where I was like, I will come back to this at some point. I got other things to play and I don't want to burn myself out. Um, mm -hmm. I, I thought the ending of that game, the whole final sequence um, was just awesome. Just everything about the last like two hours of that game was incredible. Um, and then that kind of another kind of guilty, like never played these games was, uh, Zelda. I've only played Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. So I went back and started chronologically and did, uh, Link to the Past beat that. I thought it was, uh, excellent. Um, still holds up to the most part. My only complaint is that, uh, you know, it's a game from the nineties where like they expect you to have a lot of time to just figure things out like where to go and how to get stuff and it's like i don't have time for that i'm looking ain't up nobody a guide. Got time for that <laughs> like i'm not i'm not looking up guides in the dungeons that's defeats the whole purpose of the game but like finding the flippers in the northwest northeast corner of the map yeah i was never gonna figure that out on my own so um or i if i did i'd be spending way too much time with this game that i have so um but really good and i'm excited to get to the 3d ones uh liza p demo I thought was excellent. I'm a very casual Souls fan. I've beaten Dark Souls 3, Elden Ring, and Sekiro, um, but I'm not like a hardcore uh, fan about it. And so I really liked Liza P. I thought it was great. I loved uh, the world and I thought it played really well. Um, and to Bench's point about the dodge, apparently uh, from what I've read online, 
they give you the fat roll, the Dark Souls equivalent of a fat roll as a dodge. And if you upgrade it, it and you can actually upgrade it in the demo if you play long enough, it's actually really good. Um, and, oh, it, okay. and it also works kind of more like Blood... And again, I haven't played Bloodborne, so I'm taking people's words for it. Yeah, but yeah, Let's be careful here, buddy. That's my it, game. <laughs> no, no, no. But it plays like the dodge in Bloodborne apparently plays differently than rolls in Dark Souls. Oh, where yeah. you're supposed to kind of dodge into the attacks instead of kind of away or around them. And I didn't realize that, and I had a hard time with that, but I just ended up pairing anyways. Um, so I think that both of those things aren't well explained, and I think, yeah, they should do a better job of, at telling you that. Uh, but overall, I, I really liked it. Um, and then another demo, Final Fantasy 16. Um, I won't go too much into it for people who might be waiting for the real game. Really good. I think it kind of sold me, sold it on, sold me on it more than I thought it would. Um, and I think they got something really, really good there. So excited for that. And then, like I talked about, been playing Cyberpunk. Um, I'm probably just at this point, like I, I, I recommended. Uh, I think the Dark or Fusion. I forget. It's been a long show uh just gonna (laughs) just gonna i'm just gonna mainline it and do the side quests and and kind of call it i don't think i'll get the dlc uh unless it gets really really rave reviews um i think uh i like i like looking at the game i don't love playing it as much uh but the side the 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 stories and the characters and the side quests and the main content are really just sucks i couldn't spend more time with it so yeah, but uh, that's uh, that's everything we've been. Like. Re- real quick, I just need to ask you. Um, I'm getting conflicting reports about this, Benji. FF16. Would you say it's actually? Have you played Double Micra? No. Uh, okay, but I, I understand. <laughs> like I, I understand the difference between an action combat game and a hack and slash game. Uh, okay, this is cool. not. This is not a button mashing hack and slash game. Like you do have to think about your your Good. button inputs. And uh, and if you and if you just mash it, you will miss like I think specifically like the base like fire move you do at the end of a sword combo. You can miss that if you're not timing it correctly, and it does more damage okay. if you time it correctly. Um, I could be wrong on that, but that is kind of how I interpreted it. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I really my only thing with with the combat in sixteen is just it's so bullet spongy. Mm-hmm. I feel like I right. really like I like how many times do you want me to stagger this guy and do the same combo? Like I almost want to play it on story mode just so I don't have to do that fight as long because I think they get boss oh, fights. No. Are a I played on story out. mode and like the bigger bosses, you still had to stagger them like at least three times. Oh my god! Okay, cool. So yeah, like the bigger bosses, yeah, I I think I staggered him like three times before he before he went down. Right. Well, yeah, and that's. I mean, it's a it's a small gripe, but yeah, I, I I still really am really high on the game, and I think the story is going to be excellent. That's good to hear. I'm, I know Bench is very excited about that game. Um, he's not here again. You know, let's be excited about it. Um, <laughs> kidding. But yeah, no, I I guess that's everything we've been playing. Man, I'm gonna hand it over to you to end it off. All right, we're gonna end this nice and quick because we're all gonna go fly into bed. Okay. Uh, so hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all that other good stuff. Follow on Spotify, share it around on Twitter and any other social media platforms that still may still be existing out there. So we will see you guys next Friday or Saturday is when the episodes actually go up. We'll see you guys next week on a hopefully more normal episode where not three pushing three hours. At least we hope so. <laughs> all right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Have a good one. See you later, boys. Oi. <laughs>